Wow, look at the look, look at his triceps, look at his his biceps, his his abdominals. The, uh, he's just the most perfect thing I've ever seen. It's it just makes me want to get some color. <laughs> Guys, welcome to episode seventeen of Getting Some Color, where we're, we're going to be doing WCW Saturday Night, January twenty third, nineteen ninety three, and Royal Rumble nineteen ninety three. Oh man, that that Bobby Heenan narcissist. The narcissist. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that was fucking funny. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, this is gonna suck. And then it happened, and then it was like hilarious because of how over the top Heenan was. Mm-hmm. And then I... yeah, we'll get we'll get to that when we get to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, like like how we always do, we like to do some wrestling news. Um, unless you have anything else. By the way, how you been? You know, did you watch any new uh wrestling lately? The one with uh, less fans? No, I I still haven't. I I've been saying I'm gonna try to watch AEW now that they got fans again, mm-hmm. but they keep moving the days around on me, and I keep forgetting about that, so I just miss it. Yeah, the N- NBA playoffs are kind of fucking with them right now. Yeah. Um they did break a million by the way, ratings. I, I saw that. Yeah, that's uh su- surprising mm-hmm. in my opinion. <laughs> hey, I I I know you give them a lot of flack because they're not um traditional wrestling. They're like a circus more than anything. But I believe as the roster is getting bigger, uh, that they will be doing um, better booking. I, I think we'll see more mid-carders, just like how in the 90s and shit, how mid-carders were treated. And, you know, you obviously can see that with, like, Kip and Miro. Well, I guess this is a good segue to, to talk about Miro. Um, but, like, you're getting talent that is good. And starting to yeah <laughs> and a lot of people give flack about zach Ryder, um whatever his fucking name is matthew cardone which by the way a stupid name for a ring name just matt matt cardona that's his real name i know but come up with a better fucking ring name or is he still going with i'm not fucking signed i can do whatever i want kind of thing i don't know i, I don't know but anyway some news I guess we could talk about Miro since I kind of transitioned that a little bit. Yeah. So that's all you, buddy. Well, uh, Miro showed up in AWS uh, on the recent episode of Dynamite, whenever that was. <laughs> um, uh, Wednesday. Okay, it was yesterday? Yeah. Shit. See, I thought it was Tuesday or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of surprising because he's been kind of playing it off like, no, I'm done wrestling. And I was like, Really? And he's like, yeah, I'm just done. It's like, I just, I don't know. And I, I could kind of believe him because it just, it seemed like he, he got burned so bad in his last uh, year or so at WWE. Mm-hmm. So I could, I could totally believe him not wanting to do any wrestling for a while or something. And then he just shows up. Yeah. I will say that his, uh, his, debut i mean i loved his speech i think it was great and he he has a youtube channel by the way where he explained why he he did it and he's like this is like 10 years in the making 
Um, you know, that imaginary brass ring is what I really felt like. And I have to agree with him. I mean, we talked about it before on Facebook. He got himself over. It's just that Vince just didn't care. It, he Vince never likes when uh, wrestlers uh, get over when they're not supposed to get over. Um, the the way he described it was it seemed like Vince didn't take it seriously at all. Mm-hmm. Like it, it wasn't even so much that he just denied. No, you're not allowed to. Do it. He just thought it was like a fluke or something. Mm-hmm. So, dude's a real big deal. Um, if he's used right, I hope this Kip Sabian storyline, the best man thing. Unless that was just like. He's really my best man, and that's how I'm gonna debut him is <laughs> through this fucking uh, this uh, you know entrance here. I'm hoping that's it because I'm tired of seeing Rusev. Unless they do something really cool where he's like the best man and he beats the shit out of Kip Sabian during you know the wedding, I I, I dig that maybe. I think it's just a clever way to give him a cool nickname. The best he's gonna be Miro, the best man. Mm-hmm. Get it? He is the best man. But I, I don't like the uh, some shady look, whatever that fucking blonde hair thing he has going on. Yeah, you just want to change up his look, I guess. Whatever. <laughs> um, I'll be curious to see what he does. I've always liked Rusev pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I did feel like he didn't really get a fair shake. Um, so I'll be curious to see see what he does. Or what they do with him. Hopefully, they do good things with him. Yeah. I mean, they're doing really good things with uh, the revival, having Tully be their fucking manager. That's awesome. That was that was great. Yeah. Yeah. So I get good things are happening, and then you have some bad things that are happening. It's just that's wrestling, brother. <laughs> Sometimes that's that's it. Yeah. <laughs> um. Speaking of bad things happening, <laughs> um, there's been some some rumblings in WWE lately. Um, there's been some, there's been a lot of releases within the past week or so. Um, they released AOP last week, mm-hmm. which I'm, uh, I don't want to say I was really surprised by it, but it wasn't quite, uh, at the same time, it just seemed like they weren't real sure what to do with those guys. It was like, they didn't really get them Yeah, when they called them up and I, <laughs> That's another one where it just baffles me. It's just like, what's there to get? It's just a big fucking big guy tag team that are heels. <laughs> Gr- granted, you took away one of the main tools they had, which was Paul Ellering. They needed a manager. And they tried to put Drake Maverick in that role, and it didn't work because he kind of made him too much of a joke. Mm-hmm. And they just were there for a while and they were getting injured and then they came back and then they're part of Seth Rollins group. And that's fine. Cause then somebody can do promo for them now. Mm. Although I, I did really like those promos they were doing before they just recently came back the last time Yeah, where they were just like real dangerous and shit. And they were talking about how they just fuck people up. And it was like, it was really good stuff, honestly. And I, I guess since that one, I forget which one got injured. One of them got injured. And they're just like, ah, just, just fucking release them. <laughs> I'm just okay. <laughs> um, here, th- this is another team that I kind of because there's, there's no NWA. I mean, I I don't know when that shit's coming back. 
they're doing, just yeah they're doing this whole uh 10, 10 pounds of gold thing again and i wonder if uh nick all this is going to come to AEW or something like that and maybe face a challenger kind of like how you know the nwa went to wcw when they had some challenges that way um but what, what am i trying to say here i could see aop going to um AEW and having a big fucking uh tag team like those motherfucking monsters in there would be interesting say the least oh yeah because in the tag division they really don't have any big guys at all no uh, i mean the so, only big guy i guess you could say is luchasaurus and that's uh <laughs> the way the the way one of the revival people said you know a gimmick tag team so <laughs> yeah um best of luck to those guys though i always liked them uh i liked them since they first showed up in nxt mm -hmm. um they also released some uh office slash management personnel though they they released gerald briscoe and mike rotunda and uh gerald briscoe has been there for a really long time it's very interesting, and I don't know why would they would do that. Are they trying to say that their talent's not that great because of Gerald Briscoe, or are they just trying to cut some money because they're not making money? Um, I think I think it's just cutting the fat kind of thing, trying to reduce costs. Because mm -hmm. Gerald Briscoe's been there forever, and I, as far as I know, he's just been like an agent uh, for he's a, a while scout, now. Yeah. Or a scout, and an eight. I, he's getting kind of old now, so I think he's just been more of a, a scout lately. Mm -hmm. um, but they have more guys from like the, you know, around the Attitude Era generation and stuff that are starting to age into those roles now. Mm -hmm. uh, like people like Lance Storm and stuff like that. So it, it's just getting to the point where it's like, okay, maybe we should let some of these older guys go, you know. <laughs> By the way, it kind of messed up on the episode number. We're episode 18. <laughs> My bad. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. Um, like I said, Gerald Briscoe's a pretty old guy, though. He's probably got a bunch of money saved up, I assume. Mm -hmm. uh, same for Mike Rotunda. He's been there forever, too, I bet. So, that's, yeah, they're probably just like, yeah, guess I'll retire. <laughs> and I don't like how the headlines put it. I mean, technically, yeah, they did get fired, but at the same time, like, the, the way, like, and I get it, Vince McMahon's a dick. I always say he's a dick because of, you know, how he runs things now, but it, how they write it, it's like, Vince McMahon has fired Gerald Briscoe, and, like, Gerald Briscoe had to go on Twitter and be like, I'm not mad, I'm just kind of disappointed, you know, and I'm you know, still going to send scouts to Vince McMahon. It's like... I get it. Vince is a dick, but he he's not a dick all the time. <laughs> so yeah. Then the other bad thing uh, is uh, WWE is apparently cracking down on third party service use with uh, with wrestlers. Yeah, um, and that was also a big thing with Miro. Apparently, that uh, he was like making fun of uh, Vince trying to like take down twitches and cameos at uh, i see 
the reason for um what do you call it wwe doing that because that is their copyright but at the same time during a pandemic when some of the talent is not even like coming to work or doing shit like you should let them do it and it's really shitty and it's bad with optics but i i kind of see from their standpoint that they want to cut because that's their copyright and all that but whatever what about you um yeah like uh, it got clarified a little bit apparently they're saying it has more to do with uh people letting out sensitive information like on streams and stuff like that Mm -hmm. aj styles yeah he's one of them apparently um and i that could pertain to anything that could pertain to storylines that could pertain to like company business kind of stuff Mm -hmm. uh people talking about oh i got the c virus or some bullshit Mm -hmm. they're really uppity about that for some reason um I don't know why. Just I, I, what the? <laughs> they treat it more like the fucking cheese touch than what a lot of other people do. They get fucking pissed if you let anybody know that you're sick. <laughs> like I don't understand that. <laughs> um, but whatever. They're being weird about it. But uh, uh, it looks like all they're kind of doing though is it looks like people are working around it by like switching to their real names. Yeah. Like, uh, Paige was doing that. She's like, I'm switching my real name. And uh, I, I guess the other people are probably going to follow suit with that. So it's kind of like, I don't know, maybe that, that maybe it's kind of a nothing burger, as they say. Yeah. Um, it, It's just, I think the internet kind of just overreacted. Like, oh, my God, Vince McMahon is literally stealing money. And I'm just like. Let's wait for the details <laughs> before we get out of control here. Yeah, um, some people have gone as far to say, oh, this is another case of, uh, oh, you're an independent contractor, but we control everything that you do, mm-hmm. which, yeah, that does uh, lend some credence to that case being made, but it looks like it's maybe not going to end up being that big of a deal anyway. Or just have them sign NDAs, and if you have a blabbermat like AJ Styles talking out of his ass, then, you know, you you fine him or suspend him. You know what I mean? Yeah. I agree. Um, That's kind of it, though. I don't know. It it was more interesting to see everybody's reaction to it. And at first, I was like, are they... At first, when this came out, it's like, oh, wow, are they, they getting people off Twitch and everything? And it's like, no, nah, it doesn't really seem that way anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, the last bit of news is uh, Finn Balor won the NXT title just recently. Um, they had a fatal four-way with Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, Finn, and uh, oh. Adam Cole. Yeah. And uh, people were critical of the finish, I guess, of that one. Because it ended up in a sudden death. Why? And uh, I I guess because they wanted a decisive winner. No, no, I'm <laughs> that, saying... That seemed to be... Oh, okay. Huh? Yeah, I, I thought you were saying, like, WWE, but I'm like... Doesn't people like uh, cliffhangers anymore? Because remember, like, in Attitude Era, like, there was always a cliffhanger at every episode. 
I I don't know. It seems like people don't even have the patience for that shit anymore. It's like it it, it goes back to what I was saying, where a lot of people hate a count out finish or mm-hmm. a double DQ or something like that, or they hate disqualifications. Like fucking hate it. <laughs> like they'll just say this is shit. What a shit ending. I'm like, God damn it! It's like you're just taking more tools away from like how you can end a match and draw things out more. Yeah. Like, nobody wants to draw shit out anymore. They just want the fucking shit to happen, and then it'd be over. Well, that's, and then just move on. That's why Vince has such a, you know, ADD fucking storylines now, where he's just like, oh, it's not, it's not funny, it's not catching on, or it's not cool anymore, so fuck this storyline. I guess. But, um, I'm kind of glad Finn won. I was thinking, you know, yeah, it'd be cool if he won the NXT title again. Is this his, uh, third? No, second. Second? Okay. Yeah. Um, I've liked his run ever since he came back to NXT. I thought he's been doing really good, so I'm glad. Mm, apparently he got props from Adam Cole like on video or something like that, so that's cool. Yeah, because a football player turned Adam Cole babyface. That was fucking hilarious. <laughs> I, I heard that match was pretty good, Like honestly. I, I didn't watch it, but uh, it's, I just think that's funny that Adam, <laughs> it turned Adam Cole... And by proxy, Undisputed Era babyface from that angle. I mean, if you look at the storyline of that, it's just like, guy guy makes fun of him on his own show. Guy comes to shake hands and then make fun of him at his uh, wrestling show. Yeah. And then kicks him. (laughs) Knocks him the fuck out, too, with it. Like, he was dead. (laughs) You know, uh... Cornette brought up a really good point about this and it's something that's always bothered me every time like they do this thing where they get like a football guy in or something like that Mm -hmm. they always act like it's a way bigger deal that the football player came into wrestling (laughs) and then they always want they they always present the football player or the guest athlete or whatever the fuck as being on par if not better than the wrestler and then it's like the wrestler's at a disadvantage in the wrestling Mm mm-hmm to the outsider that's not a wrestler. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, that, that's always bugged me forever. Um, like, the, the only ones where I don't buy that is if it's, like, an MMA guy, like, fucking, like, uh, Kim Shamrock or some bullshit. Mm-hmm. Or, like, a boxer, maybe, even. Like, oh, I can buy a boxer, maybe. Knock you the fuck out. Except for Floyd Mayweather fighting Big Show. I don't care how fucking good of a boxer he is. It dude's, like, four times his size. At least they he, he uh, uh, didn't he use like an object to like use as like brass knuckles to knock Big Show out pretty much. Yeah, he cheated. It's you know honestly like it wasn't that bad of a match. I was just saying like it is preposterous on the face of it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But they did a good job with it. Yeah, they uh, they gimmicked it up. They knew they had to. Well, the thing about Pat McAfee is that he uh, he's very uh, charismatic. Uh, he could he could he could do mic skills and that's what I like about him, uh, and he's very athletic too. Uh, I saw a couple of highlights and shit where he was like flipping off of the fucking top rope and stuff like a gymnastic, and yeah, I, I dig it. Um, I just don't like when they bring people that don't have any mic skills and they just like do. Oh, then, I'm here I'm yeah. wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> I'm Shaq. I'm Shaq, I'm gonna fuck you up, Big Show, and then never beat him again. 
<laughs> they call me Big Aristotle. I don't know why. <laughs> um, that's all the news. We didn't spend forty minutes on the news. That is all the news. That's partially because of a new a new edict, which is no more news. That's more than a week old. <laughs> mm-hmm. So this this is working, I think. <laughs> Are you ready to get into some WCW? WCW. WCW. Um, I'm gonna say right off the bat, some of these matches put me to sleep. But uh they were some just because you were tired. Maybe. (laughs) That might be that might be a thing. Uh but I I do my notes are mainly on how wrestlers look, so you might have to cover the ground of like their moves and shit because I wrote some things down that might make you laugh. So okay, I I, I think I know where you're going with this a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Honestly, this was a little bit of a weaker episode for the Saturday nights out of all the ones we've been we've seen. Mm-hmm. This is probably the weakest one so far. Um, a lot of stuff happened, but like a lot of it was just kind of eh. Like it was okay. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, nothing bad happened on the show. It was just an eh, okay hey, show. The fluffer. More of the show that was good had to do with hyping up Super Brawl 3 in my opinion. Yeah. This this was more of a, a serve paying service to Super Brawl 3 and I think that part of it worked. Um but first match up is Scotty Flamingo and Bob Cook that that fucking job guy wrestler who has that awesome punch is back. <laughs> and he he gets it in this match. And uh Marcus Bagwell and Johnny B. Bad. They, they always call him Marcus Alexander Bagwell. They keep using his middle name for some reason. I don't know. They're trying to make him like all like royalty and shit. I don't Marcus. Know. <laughs> yeah, royalty from fucking Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> but uh, let's see. Um, what did you have to say about this one? I wrote uh, Johnny B. Bad decides to grab a hold of his homegrown bad blaster and shake it around like a little hanging uh, maraca. Did they say that? No, but I wrote that down. Oh, it sounds like something they'd say. Yeah. His homegrown bad blaster. What the <laughs> fuck? Oh my god. Um, it was interesting. I, I like this Bagwell better than what he becomes, the steroid freak that he is in later in WCW. Um Buff yeah. Bag, Buff Bagwell and pretty much becomes like a fucking uh, porn star, I think. He uh, became a gigolo later in his life. Yeah. <laughs> um you know, I don't have a lot of memory of Bagwell like in the ring. Mhm. Uh even back in the when he was in NWO, I don't have a lot of memory of him. I just and that could be maybe because he was unmemorable. <laughs> I don't know, but like here in his real early days, he's he seems okay. It's he seems like kind of green still. Yeah, but like it's like when he had that match with Chris Benoit. It's obvious Chris Benoit was kind of carrying him, but he almost was able to keep up with him. Yeah, so yeah, he, he does okay right now, Mm-mm. but um. What I write here? Bob and Johnny trade wrist locks. Jimmy gets advantage with or John said Jimmy. Johnny gets <laughs> some advantage with arm drags. He tags Marcus Alexander in, and he gets advantage. And then 
they tags and then Bob tags Scotty Flamingo. They they trade tags a lot real fast here. Yeah. And then Scotty comes in and he takes a reverse elbow and sells the fuck out of it and flops outside <laughs> and falls down. And JR was like, man, that was a heck of an elbow <laughs> because he spent so much time selling it. That elbow was very stiff. Uh, to it, me. Was, it was good. It was it good. Was good. I, I don't know if he actually hit him or not. I, it might have been Raven was just fucking selling the shit out of it. You know, it doesn't matter. Like, obviously, if, like, somebody's, like, assaulting somebody in wrestling, like, not part of the plan, I'd be like, yeah, that's kind of fucked up. But, like, maybe once in a while, throw some, like, real hard punches, like a fucking Vader and uh, Cactus Jack kind of punches going on. Like, they almost killing each other. <laughs> I have no doubt occasionally people throw, they call them potatoes. Mm-hmm. Maybe he potatoed him a little bit and he just kind of oversold it. Because mm-hmm. at this point, I don't think um, Scotty Flamingo Raven had been working for that long. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's still like a rookie, I think, at this point. Um, let's see. What else did I write? Bob Cook comes in and hits the punch. On Marcus. Yes. And I, I popped for that punch because it's so good. <laughs> it's just, it's just, that's one of the best punches I've seen in wrestling. He knocked him so fucking, uh, like, he sold that punch really well, too. He did. He went loopy. And then JR's like, whoa, what a punch. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, he's right, though, honestly. That was great. <laughs> um, then it the match ends with Marcus backsliding Bob for a three. Yeah, it kind of, like, it had a little tempo, and then it just, like, a, a, a fart at the end. And just, yeah, and I was just like, ah, oh. that, that could have been something, but I, I guess, like, you don't want to show up, uh, show up at, like, your main event or something, so you have to, like, have the tempo up a little bit, and then have a whatever finish, and I didn't really mind it. Yeah, it was just a little, decent little opener. They had some solid mat wrestling. And I thought Scotty Flamingo showed some good selling skills and stuff here. Yeah. Uh, building yeah. up his repertoire to uh, selling. And one day he goes from colors to fucking being fat and <laughs> hardcore. <laughs> so, I mean, he works. He works until he gets to the hardcore area. Hey, he wasn't fat until the early 2000s. True, true. <laughs> he was still doing heroin. <laughs> Uh, I give this a five point five. I give it a five out of ten. Um, okay, it was it was okay. It was what it was. Mm-hmm. So next is Tony is with the controversial Barry Wyndham. Oh, the one they keep, with... called, they keep calling him the controversial Barry Wyndham. I'm like, I guess he is. <laughs> he was all giddy about fucking screwing Ricky's steamboat. It was like awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was like, uh, yeah, they briefly mentioned his interference in the U.S. title match from last week. And then Barry plays it off like, no, that, that, that that's not, I wasn't out there. <laughs> you know, Steamboat fell out of the ring and uh, Dustin won. Exactly, <laughs> like he didn't do anything. And uh, then they announced that Muda's going to defend the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship against Barry. And I was like, whoa, that's that could be a pretty good match. And mm-hmm. later in the show, I think it might have been in this segment actually. They showed a super brawl clip from or, uh, a previous, the previous one yeah. where they had fought, 
and it looked like a pretty good match. Mm-hmm. I think this is before Muda started doing face paint. He went super heel. Uh, if I'm judging off of like this footage, because every time they show Muda, he doesn't have the face paint. No, nah, maybe he's serious without the face paint. Muda's serious with it. True. <laughs> <laughs> but, maybe uh, uh, I wouldn't say he's trying to Americanize it because we have a lot of people that do face paint now, especially like with Jeff Hardy and everything. But I, I think at this point in his career, he didn't go heel yet. Um, like I want to say it was probably after '94, I think, or and maybe about '95. Mm-hmm. That's when he had that really great heel run in in Japan. But uh, I digress, though. It's cool. It's going to be a cool match. I'm looking forward to for Super Raw. Hell yeah. Jim Ross. Jim Ross. I almost called him Jim Watts. <laughs> Jim Ross is with Bill Watts, and they address the con- the controversy last week mentioned in the, the last segment. And Bill says Dustin will face Steamboat again. Let's hook him up. And uh, they talk about Rude more again. And. Is is Rude gone gone with the, from the company, or is he still with the company and like on vacation? Because I I feel like he should be showing up right soon. Um, he's still there because uh, he shows up soon ish on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it'll be uh before we're over with the month, but I think it's next month where he reappears. Okay, because um, I'm guessing they're going to do an angle where you're like, I'm the U.S. champ. No, I'm the U.S. champ kind of thing going on, right? I Yeah, I hope so, because uh, I want to say, I mean, I haven't seen early parts of Rick Rude's career. But generally speaking, a lot of people seem to think his time in WCW at this point was like his best work. Mm-hmm. And I think it might be because he had a lot of really cool matches with like Sting and like... Uh, he had an Iron Man match with Ricky Steamboat, 92. Holy shit. And I'm like, fuck, I want to see that. Like, <laughs> Maybe we should have some, like, fan votings and shit, and we just watch... Like, we don't have to watch the whole show. We can just watch the match itself. Yeah, maybe we could do that. Mm-hmm. Um, then up next is uh, Vinny Vegas versus Chad Bird. Oh, man. <laughs> so I wrote something down about this. I said, Bird might have the worst looking jobber of 1993 to date. I said, uh, he's been gifted with Ricky Morton's hair, Seamus' complexion, Roddy Piper's 2003 body, and Deborah's, uh, Deborah McMichael's ruby red lips. <laughs> oh, damn. And that's Chad Bird. <laughs> he did look pretty, man, he just looked rough. His mullet was, like, pretty amazing, though. Mm-hmm. His, what the fuck was in his gear? It <laughs> was just know. like a bunch of stars and shit with like tassels. And I'm like, what? The? I don't know, but he got that snake eyes pretty quickly. This was a squash. Yeah. There was nothing to this. <laughs> uh, Vegas, Nash just beat the hell out of him very quickly. I still can't get over how he's working here. It's just weird to see Kevin Nash actually try to wrestle. Hmm. And keeping like a good pace and stuff, and then yeah, you have Snake Eyes, and honestly, it's probably the best Snake Eyes I've ever seen. So, storyline. I mean, storyline goes with Kevin Nash. Um, so he's here with WCW Saturday Night Live, Saturday Night Live, Saturday Night, 
and then he goes to WWE and becomes Diesel and becomes bodyguard of Shawn Michaels. Yeah, it's a little bit. Uh, I think that's in a couple months. Like I think that happens in uh, it's either March or April. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe even May. So it, he won't be there too much longer. Um, but the, supposedly the reason for him working the way he does is because when he got the WWF, Sean is the one that talked him into working that way. Oh, he told him like, "Why are you working like that?" Because he, he came over working the same way initially, mm-hmm. and he's like, "What are you talking about?" And he's like, "You're like bigger than everybody else. Why are you working like a regular size guy?" And he's like, "I don't know. It's just how I was taught to work." <laughs> he's like, "No, man, slow down and just you know use your your size and stuff." You know, he's not really wrong mm-hmm. per se. But the way Nash took it is he kind of took like the Hogan logic and he like took it way to the other the other end of the spectrum in my opinion. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's like I was telling one of my other friends who I was talking about Nash and I was telling him about how shocked I was to see how Nash works this early in his career. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, like you name me off a memorable Kevin Nash match that people talk about. You can't. No, I can't. You can't do any. Say what you want about Hogan, but you can you can come up with Hogan matches off the top of your head. There's like I remember when Hulk Hogan did this and did that and all this shit. Yeah, because you have you know Hogan and Andre the Giant. You have Hogan and Sergeant Sergeant Slaughter. You have Hogan and The Rock. The most memorable Kevin Nash thing is the Finger of Doom. Honestly, yeah. It's the finger of doom, or that thing where like the Undertaker put Nash through the ring at that WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Um, or um, a lot of people actually bring up the match he had with Bret Hart at. Uh, it was a pay per view. I don't know which one, but it was arguably the best match Kevin Nash ever had. <laughs> That's because probably Bret carried him. Yeah, what? it's because Bret fucking bumped the shit out of himself for him. Yeah. <laughs> so. And forced him to work. <laughs> but uh, the Snake Eyes was sick, though. I don't know why nobody does a Snake Eyes like that now. He, like, grabbed him like he's going to, like, do a power slam, like a Braun Strowman power slam. Mm-hmm. And he just drops down and just drops the dude's face on the turnbuckle. I'm like, that looks good. Instead yeah. of just huh, throwing him and then they hit it. Well, I like about uh, wrestling, especially in WCW, is when a impact... That is so like oh that that's gonna leave a mark or that's gonna hurt somebody means the ending of the match. Usually, yeah. Now it's just like you could you know get thrown into a screen to a Thunderdome and like get run over by a car and still kick out at three in in today's wrestling and that's that's fucking stupid. <laughs> or you could hit your head on a metal post and kick out of a, a pinning combination and then win the match after that. Mm-hmm. Um, hint, hint. <laughs> <laughs> I had a problem with that, by the way. <laughs> There's actually a couple in the next pay per view that I had a problem with, but we'll get there. Yeah. Um, Chris Benoit versus Johnny Rich. I love Chris Benoit. I and you again, love Chris Benoit. I love the Family Killer, Chris Benoit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, dude is fucking. He's a worker. Like, he's one of those people that put his mind and body into everything. And I think that's what probably made him go nuts is because he was 
he wanted to hit those flying headbutts and shit, and it it cost him in the end. Um, overworking. It's like dynamite. It's like dynamite kid. It was the same thing. That's that. That's the explanation right there. Who was the wrestler he idolized? And wanted to be most like dynamite kid. Mm-hmm. What happened to dynamite kid? He didn't murder his family or anything, but he basically became fucking paralyzed and like this husk of a man. I, I, I and I want to rag on the fans in this fucking uh, match, by the way, because they were chanting "boring." I don't know if you. Oh, caught, really? Yeah, I don't know if you caught that shit. And I'm like, wow, these fans are fucking dumb. Like. Maybe, maybe like somebody time traveled in the future and like they, they told the whole crowd that he's gonna kill his family or something. Maybe that's why they were just being mean to Chris Benoit. I didn't catch that. Um, I don't know if that could be a difference where I'm watching it on the network. Maybe they edited that crowd noise. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe I just did not catch it. Sometimes I don't catch everything. I, my, my. I don't have ADD because I'm not diagnosed, but like I, when I watch movies and TV shows and any sporting events, usually my eyes wander and my ears are like listening to different things. Like I always look at the crowd and when I'm watching wrestling matches, just to see dumb stuff that are happening. Um, usually I'm focusing on the, the what's going on in yeah. the ring. <laughs> um, oh my God. I, I wrote some notes in here because I you, you're gonna probably build it up, but the crucifix that happens in this match. But I'll I'll let you uh, explain what happened. Okay, in my opinion, there wasn't really a whole lot to say about this. Yeah, uh, it's more like a showcase for Benoit without being a job match. Like it's not a squash. He didn't squash this guy really. Mm-hmm. It was too long, and that guy got in just enough offense that it wasn't really a squash, in my opinion. Um. He's like, it's just showing off his work and, you know, his mat wrestling. They're doing mat wrestling. Mm-hmm. And it goes Benoit's way until he goes for a crucifix on Rich and he counters it into, like, a Samoan drop. And uh, I guess that's where you were going to say something? No, that crucifix was fucking crazy. <laughs> that's what I wrote. And by the way, somebody redeemed drink water now. It's seltzer. Kind of close. <laughs> um... Uh, yeah, I, kinda, I like that spot, though. Uh, people don't really usually... That's another move that's kind of fallen by the wayside, in my opinion, is the uh, the leaping crucifix on a standing opponent. Mm-hmm. Nobody does that anymore. And um, uh, some, the Samoan drop was cool. Um, the drop kick was cool. And a fucking power slam was cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Johnny Rich got in some pretty good-looking offense, and then... Uh, something happens where he tries to do something with Benoit and then he kind of turns this into like a backslide and then he actually transitions it into the dragon suplex and just pins him. Yeah, is dragon suplex, by the way? Fucking deadly. I wrote, I wrote he literally murdered fucking Johnny Rich live on TV. <laughs> hey, I'll give props to Kenny Omega's dragon suplex. Mm-hmm. I just don't understand how it doesn't fucking finish people. Oh, you mean Kenny Omega, Jazz Hands? Jazz Hands. Jazz Hands. Twinkle Toes, McFinger Bang. <laughs> Kenny Olivier. Yeah, I mean, like, honestly, that, that move should finish people because of the way he does it. Yeah. He calls it a Snapdragon Suplex. That sounds hilarious because it sounds like you're talking about a flower or something. 
And since we have somebody in the chat, uh, Nikki, um, uh, uh, we call it a dragon suplex. It's like you put him in a full Nelson, and then you like do like a German suplex. And you could, if you if if you don't know how to train it right, you could like kill somebody. <laughs> like you could break their neck very very easily. But uh, I always like that move. I like that it's a finish here. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know who did it first. I want to say is that's probably a Japanese move. Um, oh yeah, definitely when it has dragon in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this, this is a decent little match. I gave this a six point zero. I gave it a six point three out of ten. Wow. Oh. I, I love Chris Benoit, and again, I get it. He killed his family. Um, I mean, you you should love your uncle though. I mean, honestly. <laughs> yeah, he served. The, he served the fucking military, right? <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to my Facebook, uh, if anybody is on my Facebook. <laughs> uh, the Super Brawl 3 hype package uh, from the Super Brawl Control Center, which is obviously like a green screen cartoon control center. Yeah. Jim <laughs> Ross standing there. It's just funny looking. <laughs> um, they talk about Vader versus Sting. And Muda versus Barry, and then Rock and Roll versus the Wrecking Crew, and I was like, the Wrecking Crew. <laughs> I was like, that's the team you're gonna put against Rock and Roll Express. I don't; those guys aren't bad, in my opinion. It's just like they're they're like brand new, mm-hmm. and then you're putting them against like this returning veteran tag team from like another promotion, which is supposed to be this big cross promotional match. By the way, still veteran tag team that is still wrestling at like 50s and 60s to so. this day <laughs> hey ricky morton did a good promo too in that little that little video mm-hmm. it was cool I'm like man he still he he ne- he did not change a bit on his promo at all oh when he did the promo with in an aaw aaw aew with tully and uh arn anderson and you know the revival and by the way, did you know that uh, what the fuck the the young bucks are now kind of heelish? I don't know if you noticed that lately. I heard, yeah, they've been getting super serial. And they're they're mad. Yeah, and but, I'm sorry, I'm being a little off topic, but AEW, can you stop doing this bullshit where making somebody heal, you just have them walk out of a match? It's boring. Have them super kick. Have them do with like, you know, with Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara, just throw a chair at people's faces. I, I I don't care. Like, the walking away from the match and doing it like head shaking and being pissed off look is dumb, in my opinion. There's a certain way to do it, and they don't do it right. Mm. As I, usual. I digress, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now we got uh, Wrecking Crew versus the Italian Stallion and Larry Santo. Um, I wrote here, the Italian stallion looks like a fat Al Bundy with a mullet and he became a wrestler. I wrote, Larry Zabisco gives a shout out to our new commander in chief, Hillary Clinton. <laughs> it's like he's trolling or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, funny. and I'm like, you know, maybe if there's a alternate universe and, you know, Hillary, Hillary won, uh, <laughs> Like Larry Zabisco would have been a clairvoyant <laughs> back back then in 1993. Maybe. <laughs> um, Larry Santos' collar coordination really bothers me. 
he has red tights and he has these super shiny cream colored boots and it's just like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit of my uh um team ugly yeah it's a little <laughs> bit of my metrosexuality coming out there i guess i don't know <laughs> um there's not much to say about this because it's basically squash they got like very little offense and the wrecking crew controlled it most of the time and then santo comes in and he does like these weird drop kicks mm-hmm. like these weird kind of one-legged drop kicks were they trying it, to be like rocky balboa though is that like what they were trying was that their gimmick the, the italian stallions i don't i mean i don't to me, this is just like a makeshift tag team, I think. Uh, that has been a makeshift tag team for a long time, apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what the Italian style gimmick is, other than he's Italian, <laughs> I, I guess. Bobby Booty. Bobby I don't know what Larry Santos' gimmick is either. Uh, he does not look Hispanic. I, I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> they just pick him up and they hit the wrecking ball on him and they kill him. It was, it was pretty short. Uh, squash. Um, and then here, here, here comes the funny part. <laughs> After the match, uh, Larry interviews Wrecking Crew, and then Rage starts talking, and he does not sound intimidating at all. <laughs> his his voice does not match his gimmick or his appearance. Probably when they uh, they did that, they're just like, we have nope, gotta cancel it. <laughs> yeah, because immediately, like, I think I wrote, I think Larry realized this because he abruptly pulled the mic away from him and put. put and he kind of let him cut the rest of the promo because <laughs> like like rage was like uh, uh like after he took the mic away from him and he's just like okay i'm just gonna shut up now yeah and they were talking about like they want to have tag team title shots i'm just like not anymore <laughs> i think you're done boys <laughs> i i can definitely say i don't ever it's like when these guys first showed up i'm like who the fuck are these guys like i thought one of them was hugh morris Fury, he, he's like, is that Hugh Morris? And I'm like, no, it's not Hugh Morris. But it, I didn't recognize him at all, so like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Next, we got an underdog challenge: Pat Rose versus Robbie V. Do you know who Robbie V is? No. Do you really not know? No. Are you, you're, you're not full of my leg. You're not bullshitting me. Wait a second. Hold on. Rob Van Dam. His reds, yeah. You I couldn't tell that was him? I couldn't tell him that. God damn. <laughs> That's why I was like, oh my God. Like when I saw him, I was like, it's Rob Van Dam. He's like just super young at this point though. Yeah. And, and the re- I'm not, I'm not pulling your leg. Like when I saw him, I'm like, man, he looks really familiar. And like, it, I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't put it. Maybe I was tired. Maybe like I was super tired. That's why I was just like, man, that guy looks familiar. He kind of looks like a, you know, a movie star that I know, but he's also a wrestler <laughs> at the same time. Um, kind of looks like uh, Jean Claude Van Damme, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, this was before he was doing weed, I guess, or maybe he just did less of it back then. Yeah, he like I said, he's a lot younger here and he doesn't, he didn't do his hair like how he was usually do it where he shaves the sides. Mm-hmm. He had a full head of hair. Um, his ring gear is also really generic and he wasn't wearing boots. He was wearing like the feet ankle tape stuff. Oh, okay. And uh, so like his appearance was a little different. Um, 
But I was like, when I saw this, I was like, what the fuck? Like, I didn't know he wrestled WCW, even if it was for like a cup of coffee. Cup of coffee in the big time, Steamboat. Yeah. <laughs> As a yeah. macho man would say. <laughs> but uh, this uh, was a showcase for RVD, basically. Yeah, because he, this really did show off, like, you know, fast paced, you know, uh, cross bodies and uh, kicking and, like, or just like, oh wow, that's that's RBD. Yeah, um, I wrote uh, he hits a lot of his familiar offense. Um, maybe it's not familiar yet, but it's familiar to us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I noticed like this is coming on just of us watching like Jean Claude Van Damme movies, and I was like, I never made that connection because I wasn't that familiar with Jean Claude Van Damme before. <laughs> like literally the only movie I ever saw him in was Street Fighter. That's not an exaggeration. Um he does the split, the split. Mm-hmm. He does it. And then he does that little flicker kick thing he does. He grabs the dude's wrist and flick kicks him in the face. I'm like, what the fuck? He stole his moves. Yep. <laughs> and he stole his name. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? He kind of looks like him actually. Yeah, he, he, especially when he starts to get like all muscled and big and buff and everything. It's just like, wow, he looks like a steroid uh, John Claude Van Damme. It's... And then he then he opens his mouth and he sounds like he's from California and he's a fucking stoner. <laughs> yeah, whoa, <laughs> dude. Like some, dude, like it's just relax, bro. Like <laughs> But uh the I wrote yeah, the timing of this is weird, just coming off of us watching all those movies. <laughs> and um it was okay, like Fans loved think, it, by the way. Yeah, they really liked him. I just think this was like a style clash thing because Pat Rose, dude, is obviously like some kind of older veteran wrestler guy. Mm-hmm. And he's like fucking out of shape. <laughs> and he probably does not even know how to begin to know how to work with this guy because of his weird fucking style. Yeah. So it, it worked, though, for what it was. It was, like, it was kind of fun. It was cool to see RVD real early in his career. And I gave this a 5.5. I gave this because I, I, you know, I dig RBD. I, even though I didn't know it was him, I dig, <laughs> I digged his uh, style because I was like, oh, this, even his moves that looks wildly familiar. Um, I gave it a five point seven out of ten. Okay. Um, let's see. Then they show a post-match interview from Clash of Champions with Steamboat Shane Douglas after like. Austin fucking beams Shane Douglas with the belt. <laughs> and he's got like a big ass bandage over his head. And Steamboat's giving this really awesome fired up promo. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm getting into this. I'm like, yes. And it's great. And then Shane Douglas interrupts and he fucking ruins it. <laughs> and I got mad. I'm like, cause, cause the, he, the promo he cut was just blah. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't really bad. It was just blah. I hope that tag team breaks up or something because I I can't I can't stand Shane Douglas. He's so I'm not saying he's mediocre, but he's very bland when he when he goes on the mic, and he's very bland even in the ring as well. I guess he is mediocre. Fuck fuck Shane Douglas. <laughs> he's average. Average Douglas. I've never really been impressed by anything he's ever done. I guess the real test is going to be when we watch ECW and he's in ECW. Mm-hmm. But that's later. Uh, next up is Harley and Paul Orndorff and Vader promo. This was great. <laughs> they're just like, they're going to beat up Z-Man and Johnny Gunn. 
Paul gets all fired up talking about Cactus hitting him with a shovel and how he's going to get revenge. And Vader just eggs him on. He's like, yeah, tell him, brother. Tell him, brother. Tell him, Paul. <laughs> As he's like talking about how he's going to whip their asses. And then Vader's just like, I haven't powerbombed anybody all day. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking love Vader, dude. Uh, this is, it, it just goes back to what I was saying. Like, if you talk about what a stereotypical wrestling promo is, Vader's like a master of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, this over the top, I'm going to fuck you up promo. Yeah. But without not being like the ultimate warrior, though. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't scream. He's just like, yeah, I'm the fucking Vader. Dude. I feel no pain. <laughs> I feel no man. I powerbomb everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Then it shows just scenes of him power bombing fucking people. Oh my god, it's so <laughs> devastating. <laughs> and then it goes right into a match with them. Um, Z Man Johnny Gunn against Paul Orndorff and Big Van Vader. What do you think of this one? Um, I wrote, wow, this match is gonna be quick because you have fucking Paul Orndorff and fucking Vader against Z Man and Johnny Gunn, even though those two are uh known tag team i was just like this is just to showcase that you know <laughs> vader and paul are just fucking crazy and gonna kill you uh and and they showed it up there was roughly like uh 30 seconds into the contest and start pawing at gun like a bear <laughs> that's what yeah and it it, it was it was back and forth here and there i thought it was gonna be a quick match i thought it could be like a two minute match it ended up being like a six minute and 38 match and uh, I, it's crazy, dude. I love Vader. I, th- I think Paul Orndorff is fucking crazy, too. I like both those guys. Vader's just like a whole other planet, though. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about wrestling, those are two, two totally different kind of wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul Orndorff, to me, is just like a, just a good classic style wrestler. Yeah. Like a lot of the stuff he does is just just solid strikes and all the moves he does look really crisp. He does really good like holds, mm-hmm. and he's good at selling. <laughs> um, but what I wrote right here that were some good spots. I wrote uh, was that spot where Vader goes to crossbody Jagon when he's hanging on the ropes. Yeah, and Vader just spills out of the fucking ring. <laughs> and I was like, God damn! Like he's taking these crazy ass bumps. Vader's a worker, dude. He uh, he'll put his body on the line. He'll he'll put his eyeball back in his socket just to finish a match. Apparently, <laughs> and then and then Jay Gunn hits a dive on Vader. He's like, what the fuck? And he starts punching him. Then Paul throws him back in the ring though. He gets him off Vader. <laughs> and then Jay Gunn gets tagged, but it's for naught because Paul maintains control and he does some awesome moves. And then Vader comes in. He just manhandles fucking Z Man. Like, he suplexes Z-Man, and it's like this fucking weird shit where he flips him in midair and he lands on his face. Yeah. I was just like, fuck. And then uh, Z-Man tags J-Gun, and then everything breaks down. J-Gun's trying to make a comeback on Vader, and he's punching Paul Orndorfer. He's chopping him, and he gets some drop kicks, and then Vader just sidesteps both of his drop kicks. Yeah, he kind of swats it away like a mosquito. Like He's just like, uh, and he just like sidesteps him. <laughs> Yeah, because I was and then on, on the second one, he splashes him when he's laying on the ground. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, he's dead. He's done." And then Vader power bombs Jay Gun after that, mm-hmm. and then he gets a three count. While that's going on, like after he got a three count, Paul Orndorff has Z Man and a power driver. 
<laughs> he pop drives him on the floor. On the fucking cement, dude. Like, god damn. Oh my god, that was awesome. I was like, what the fuck is going on? He's just fucking pop driving him for no reason. <laughs> um and then, then JR says, it looks like a car wreck on 285 <laughs> after that. After they murdered these fucking guys. Um it was a fun little match. It was just a showing for Vader and Nordorf show how kick ass they are. Yeah. I kind of like them teaming up. Like, I don't say all these guys should be a permanent tag team, but I think it'd be kind of cool if they kept teaming up for a little while. Yeah. I mean, if anything, I would rather have Vader and Paul be a tag team than Ricky Steamboat and fucking Shane Douglas. Yeah, that just feels like a total mismatch. I don't know what the fuck. I, I want Steamboat to just go singles. Yep. <laughs> So what'd you get this match? Six point twenty-five. I gave this a six point nine out of ten. No. Mm-hmm. And we got WCW close up with uh or up close with Sting. And it's another one of these sit down interviews Tony does with wrestlers, and it's good. Mm-hmm. And it's it kind of explains the rival the rivalry he's having with Vader and how it goes all the way back to the middle of last year. Mm-hmm. And these guys are still fighting each other, but hey, guess what they're not doing? They're not fighting each other on free TV all the fucking time. Yeah. <laughs> they're keeping them apart and letting them fight at big events. Yeah, they're not um, doing like Jericho and Orange Cassidy like every week. Or what the fuck or what WWE does with a lot of people. Yeah. Tough. Um and then it goes into Sting's strategy when he fights Vader, and it shows like how he lost the title, which is like he's like, he's like, I was trying to get his wind down and dodge all his hits, and it looked like I had a window. And then he does a stinger splash, and he hits his head on the buckle part of the turnbuckle, mm-hmm. leading into the post, knocks himself out. Vader power bombs him. That's how he wins. Boy, it's real nice to see somebody sell hitting a turnbuckle, and then they lose. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> we need more of that, but whatever. <laughs> um let's see. What do you think of those WCW up close interviews? Do you like those? Um Yes. Uh it the way they produce it is kind of weird to me a little bit because maybe I'm used to like new uh social media and everything where it's just like you can get that on YouTube if you want that. It feels like they were way ahead of its time, WCW. And I feel like WCW uh, or WWE learned from WCW when it comes to, like, interviewing people as well. But I, I kind of dig it. You know, it's it's great promoing. It doesn't have to be like, a, you know, we're going to do a shoot promo right here and say what you got to say. This is more of feels very sporty. And I I, I, I don't mind it. I, I like that aspect of it, that it's a different kind of promo segment. I just get it's... confused sometimes because you see the same thing, like, happen every every episode. Like, oh, you know, Rude is uh, mad about his U.S. title. I'm like, yeah, you told me last episode. Why I got to know again? Because <laughs> they're letting you know he's coming back. Yeah. Just wait for it. <laughs> Next is uh, Two Cold Scorpio and Barry Windham. Um... Too Cold Scorpio's fucking music is just crazy. Uh, Too cold! He's like doing that fucking dance and shit. 
I wonder if he hates doing that dance, by the way, because if you notice how he dances, it looks like he's in his head. He's just like, I got to hit this, hit these steps because he's very like robot, like very like his mind is elsewhere. And he's just like, I'm just going to dance right now and do this. And I'm just like, oh, man, I don't know. But, you know, they pop for it. They love it. They like him. Mm-hmm. Well, they lock up and then Barry slaps the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yes, there it is. And they just, they go hard and fast trading moves. They, they botch something in the corner, like Scorpio tries to sunset flip Barry and he's kind of, I don't know, it looks like he got stuck or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they kind of like fix it and... Uh, Scorpio hits some of his offense. He hits that fucking sweet-ass crescent kick, and Barry goes outside. Scorp does a basement drop kick, and he skins a cat. <laughs> and then Scorp suplexes Barry back in, and Barry tries something off the ropes, but... Uh, oh, wait. Messed up my, my notes there. Scorpio tries to bounce off the ropes and do something. Barry just fucking throws him up in the air, like, super high, and he lands on his face. Mm-hmm. It's a, like a variation on a flapjack, but uh, I always like that move. <laughs> Not a lot of people do it. I don't know why. It's like super easy. You just have tra- some real tall dude throw you in the air, and it looks cool. Is that when he um, did the slingshot four fifteen completely missed, or no? That was like at almost the end of the match. Okay, that you're thinking of there. I, I, he was just bouncing off the ropes like he was going to do something to him, and then Barry just tosses him the fuck up in the air. Yep. I was, I was, it always catches me by surprise. I'm like, oh shit, when it happens, every time it gets me. <laughs> um, let's see. The controversial Barry Windham is just so smooth, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just gonna start calling him that now because he keeps insisting on it. <laughs> uh, what else I got here? Barry gets heat on Scorp for a while, and he's doing some suplexes and some stuff, and. Scorp tries to come back. He does a backdrop drop kick, a flying forearm, a super kick, a suplex, and he doesn't put him down. Scorp goes for a slingshot 450, what you were talking about there. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he, from a slingshot, not fucking jumping off the rope. That's pretty impressive. Yep. Um, and no, I don't fucking even know anybody that does that now. <laughs> maybe Ricochet? I could maybe see, I could see him doing that, yeah. yeah. Um, Barry rolls out of the ring, though, and he just fucking crashes and burns. <laughs> then Barry comes back up off the top rope with an axe handle, and he hits the implant DDT. They finally name it. Dude, I love Suck, it. Stop calling it the Impaler. Fucking DDT when it was so powerful, and now everybody uses it, and it's just not powerful anymore. Not really. Only certain people get that uh, treatment with it. <laughs> um... This was a solid match. It was interesting to see Scorpio in a longer match with a more serious opponent. Yeah. Uh, I get the feeling this was a little bit of a style clash, though, because uh, it. I don't think they worked too well together. I don't think they gelled too good. But they made it work. But they made it work. And uh, this was, I think, to get Barry over with a credible opponent for his match coming up. Mm-hmm. So what do you think of it? I I enjoyed it. Um, definitely see this, the the clashing of like a cruiserweight versus like a a heavyweight. I guess you know. I call Barry more of a traditional style worker. Yeah, it, it's kind of like to you know compare, even though they're uh, different styles when it comes to uh, Too Cold and 
uh, Mick Foley is remember when like Mick Foley faced against Ric Flair, Ric Flair was more the traditional and Mick Foley was the hardcore, like, uh, brawler. Da- yeah, brawler kind of thing. That's yeah. that's what I got from this match. I'm like, oh, it, it was interesting, but you have to have Barry beat Too Cold because if you have Too Cold beating Barry, it would look silly, in my opinion. Why doesn't Too Cold Scorpio get to challenge Muda? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes that shit happens, though. That's how that happens now. People win. It's like, what the fuck? Like, why did that guy win? I gave it a 5.6 out of 10. I gave it a 6.5. Okay. Even with that style clashing, I thought this was going to be better than what it was, and it didn't really lead up to my expectations, but it was still pretty good. Yep. Um, Larry does a promo with Cactus, and Cactus kind of reiterates on a previous promo he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty similar, but his delivery's so good, I don't care. <laughs> Nobody cuts promos like that. So we, we got... Shanghai Pierce and Tex Slazinger versus Cactus Jack and the Barbarian. Jesus, what a near bowl. What, what did you think of this one? Um, I I thought it was okay. I think it was a little weak, but the fans actually marked out. I something about Cactus Jack that the crowd loves. Is it because he he's like the crowd, I guess he's not very flashy in the the looks. He's like an everyday person in a way. I think it's just because it's a crazy guy. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's this guy will just do crazy shit and he doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that that's part of his character. He doesn't care what happens. And people get. I like that guy. He's crazy. He's got moxie. Yeah, he um, does. He doesn't appreciate the the cheering, so he just focuses his hands on the his uh you know. Focuses his mind on the match. <laughs> yeah. And uh, for some reason, Tex Slazinger was like over with this crowd. Yeah. And I don't know why. He had like a, a sizable portion of the crowd for him. And I'm like, what? The? And there's even a guy with a big Tex sign. I think it was like a group, actually. <laughs> what the fly? <laughs> You're cheering for one of the Godwins. Um, and they were going, oh, <laughs> like you heard a bunch of O's going on. Whoa. <laughs> um, this is like kind of a simple brawl, really. Mm. Uh, I like the spot, though, where like attack, attacks, Cactus and Tex are fighting for a bit. And then Tex gets dumped outside. And then like Cactus is going to go for the, the Cactus elbow on the outside. Yeah. And Tex freaks out. He's like, oh, shit. And he starts like rolling away. And he's like scared. <laughs> He knew what was going to fucking happen there. Um, it was a good way to keep Mick Foley from doing it on TV, though. Mm-hmm. Good job. <laughs> I think that move took a lot out of his career. Probably. Um, let's see. Uh, Barbarian comes in, he takes over for a bit, and uh, they get heat on him, and then Barb attacks Cactus, and he does his DT, and he wins. <laughs> It says here, I I wrote, Barbarian delivers kick of fear to the back of Salinger's head, but a second one misses, and Pierce helps a buddy change momentum into a gentle boot to the back of the head, going loud as, oh. (laughs) (laughs) It was a good little brawl. I kind of like Barbarian, and I like him teaming with Cactus. Mm What did you give it? I gave it a six. 
I gave it a 5.7 out of 10. We're not, yeah, we're not too far apart there. Mm-hmm. And then we got main event time. Rick Steamboat versus Dustin Rhodes for the U.S. title again. Yes. And it was more intense compared to the first time that we watched uh, this matchup. Yeah, it, they they did it differently this time too. Like at first, they're just, they straight up just go into wrestling stuff. Mm-hmm. Like they do this really long sequence where Dustin repeatedly headlock take over Steamboat, and Steamboat counters with head scissors mm-hmm. until he gets his counter hole locked in, and then Dustin slips out and he puts him in a death lock, and then they keep going back and forth, and then Steamboat does this really awesome looking hammer lock into a half Nelson. Mm-hmm. And he turns, wrenches Dustin over into a pin, and it just looks fucking painful. <laughs> and it's awesome though because you know it's such a simple like he's just kind of like doing a little body manipulation thing, uh-huh. and they're not doing anything dangerous, but it looks so fucking good. Is <laughs> people don't fucking do shit like that anymore? <laughs> um, I wrote. I, I, wrote I like that, the good I, mat wrestling, man. I wrote, what were you gonna say? Uh, I wrote Dustin Rhodes wearing his uh, Sergeant Pepper's jacket because <laughs> it was so colorful and shit. Hey, that was popular back then. Bret Hart was rocking a Sergeant Pepper jacket. Mm-hmm. Um, they keep trading holds for a while and going to a test of strength. And Larry questions Steamboat's logic in this, mm-hmm. and then right after he does that. Steamboat lulls Dustin into a false sense of security. He does a roll through front handspring and he shifts momentum and he forces Dustin to the mat with a top wrist lock, showing him his technical ability. Yeah, there was a lot of technical in this match, which uh, I don't mind. Uh, like I said, I I hate the Randy Orton slow down headlock, but this is more uh, effective when you're doing technical stuff to work on on the body like on the on the wrist on the arm on the leg like we'll talk about a match in in the royal rumble with bret hart you know working on a leg kind of thing and that's how you do technical wrestling yeah this is more like um these are two guys that are trying to get advantage of one another Mm -hmm. like doing mat wrestling stuff what randy does is like he's he's slowing the pace down grinding maybe grinding that fucking word yeah (laughs) <laughs> like i i don't like it when randy does that i don't say i'm not saying i hate randy but sometimes when he works he has a, a tendency to slow shit down too much yeah um but this is totally different though this is just two guys trying to get advantage and it's tough um steamboat gets dustin up whips him into the ropes going to do a hip toss they counter each other's hip tosses until they both fly out of the fucking ring <laughs> and then steamboat gets mad at dustin and then Dustin gets mad at Steamboat and tempers flare. And they bump heads. And they bump heads and they get mad. And then they go back inside and they lock up and then Dustin backs Ricky into a corner. And this makes them mad again. They slap each other. Yeah, it was like really intense. Like I started like getting into it a little bit. I was like, oh shit. Like, yeah. It, like, I, I love this story build because it, they didn't focus on, on it too much. They're like, well, you know, is Dustin part of, you know, uh, Barry? Wind- I almost called him Billy again. Uh, Billy Wyndham. <laughs> uh, is he part of uh, Barry um, Wyndham's thing? Was, was that, like, supposed to happen? And, you know, Steamboat's pissed off. And Dustin wants to show that he's not a cheater. And, you know, he's giving it right back. 
Yeah. Um, they go into real fast paced sequences after this and do a bunch of near fall moves until mm. time runs out. And then they continue fighting in the program again. See, this would have pissed people off now. Yeah. It's like, oh my god, timeout. They did they there's no winner. I liked it there was no winner. Yeah, because it, it builds to more of a storyline. Yeah. And again, it, it is Dustin backstabbing Ricky. We don't know still. Because the match ended it never I mean it ended, but you don't get a closure. And I guess no. we'll see. This was a good match, and I liked that it was a little bit more wrestling-focused until they got mad. Mm-hmm. And the ending still keeps intrigue alive for this match. There still has not been a decisive winner in this matchup. Because <laughs> last time it was... A, Ricky got fucking fucked up on the outside, and he couldn't answer a 10-count because the dreaded his dreaded arch-nemesis, the concrete floor, stopped him. <laughs> Uh, people always do something to Ricky Steamboat the concrete floor, and it fucking killed him. Oh, God. <laughs> so, And then this time, the time ran out. So we still don't know who's better in this hmm. match. I gave this a 7.0. I gave it a 7.3 out of 10. So my overall notes for this one was lots of promos on this show. Mm-hmm. Most were good. Uh, the others were serviceable. Other than uh, rage, <laughs> and then Larry quickly fixed that by taking the mic away from him, so he fixed it. Yeah. <laughs> show did a good job continuing to hype Super Bowl three. I'm looking forward to this show. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm wondering if Rick Rude is going to show up soon with the U.S. title and assert himself into the picture. <laughs> I'm the real champion, and you know, do that shit. Yeah. No, Eric Watts. Thank God. <laughs> There's no Eric Watts at all. Curse you. Oh my God, I'm going to sneeze again. No, it's it's gone. It's gone. Um, I wrote down, this is definitely a go, not really a go home show, but they're definitely building up for Super Bowl 3. Um, they want to build that storyline because looking at your calendar that you amazingly made for us, we're not getting that yeah. until the end of uh, February, pretty much. Nope. And then, yeah, I made a calendar going ahead to March mm-hmm. for now because I don't, I don't know if we're going to keep going or not. It seems like we like doing this, so who knows? But um, April, I don't have one made up for April yet. But March is going to be a dry spell for big events. Yeah, it's just TV. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, man, you remember that time when there wasn't a pay per view every goddamn month? Oh yeah. <laughs> This is like during that time. Um, and I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, I remember that time. I was there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but April is when stuff is going to get really interesting. Because mm-hmm. uh, a new player enters the field in TV wrestling. ECW. EC- ECW. Mm-hmm. Eastern Championship Wrestling at that point. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have to figure out if we're going to wedge in. ECW shows or not. <laughs> we'll see. We'll get there. Yeah. Um, but did you give a score for the whole show? Uh, yeah, I gave it a 6.25 out of 10. It was, it was a, a decent show. Not as strong as some of the previous episodes. I gave it a 6 out of 10. Yeah. All right. Time for some Royal Rumble. You 
you take this away for a second. I got to get another bottle of water. Okay. All right. So we have commentating team is Gorilla Monsoon and the great, the brain Bobby Heenan. I love Bobby Heenan. I love heel announcers. God damn it. Wrestling promotions, you need more heel announcers. Jericho does it on AEW really well. Um, Taz, every time when he's on there, he does it well as well. Um, and WWE doesn't do it well at all. I mean, tired of... Uh, jo- uh, Samoa Joe should be a heel announcer, but they're not. But I was just explaining um, that, you know, the commentating team, the great Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan, which... Mm classic i love those guys and isn't this like the last time they do things because doesn't bobby heenan come to wcw soon i think he does and um very soon here is when jim ross makes the switch to wwf it's actually at wrestlemania 9 i think Mm. um so i yeah i was kind of surprised that grill and heenan were doing commentary here yes because we i thought it was gonna i thought it was gonna be vince and somebody maybe maybe king king's there doing commentary already right now as we find out later but you know what i don't mind that and i don't i think wrestling uh promotion should do this more often like save your big voices for pay-per-views just like how you do your wrestlers because having them do it every fucking week could it could damage the voice and Burned him out, and then he become like Michael Cole, and Michael Cole is not great anymore. <laughs> Listen, one of my favorite aspects of watching AEW is Jim Ross being there all the time to talk about how much he hates what's going on <laughs> <laughs> in a low key manner. <laughs> I love how he goes. Well, you know, she should be enforcing the rules. What is she doing? <laughs> like the referees. Well- what was one of the things they said recently in the match was like, uh, this match is getting ready to end. And then um, somebody said, I think it was Tony. He's like, they need to try to hurry up and end this thing. <laughs> JR says, good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Read between the lines, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I was I was happy that they were on commentary because they help a lot when something really boring is happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, 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 if all else fails and something just fucking sucks or it's boring, mm-hmm. you can listen to Gorilla and Heenan and just be entertained. <laughs> Dude, non-stop of them ragging on each other. Um, What today's commentary does, like, when they do have some heel commentators on... The the face commentators don't have anything witty to say back. They're just like, he's cheating. And then, like, Gorilla just tells Bobby Heenan to shut the hell up. Like, you don't know what you're up. Yeah, I'll knock you out, or I'll have somebody do it for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. Um, So you watched the WWE Network version, right? I did. Uh, was there something different with yours? Um, they had a interview with the Steiner brothers and Lord, whatever his name is. Lord Alfred Hayes? The, the British guy that usually does the interview. Lord Alfred Hayes. Yeah. And, you know, they just talk about, you know, Steiner 
and Rick Steiner, uh, Rick and Scott Steiner just talk about how they're just going to wreak havoc in in the the Federation, and um, not the Star Trek Federation, the world, <laughs> the World Wrestling Federation, not Starfleet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then at the end, like Scott Steiner puts uh, his college Michigan jacket on Alfred uh, Hayes, and he's like, <laughs> it's so big on him, it's, it looks stupid, but it's a nice interview. I guess that might have been a uh, pre-show interview back on the original pay-per-view broadcast that you saw. Yep, because that was not when I that was not in my uh, version of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of cool though. Indeed. Um, so the first match is the Beverly Brothers versus the Steiner Brothers. <laughs> brothers versus brothers. Yeah, but clearly one brothers are better than the other brothers because the Beverly brothers were just terrible. <laughs> oh, you know, you know what? I we saw them in another match before, mm-hmm. and I I want to say maybe it was the last year's Royal Rumble, uh, like ninety two. Yeah, at this point, and I remember thinking like these guys are fucking boring, <laughs> but actually in this match. I thought they they did okay, but there's some things about them that could be better, and I'll get into that. Yeah, it was. So, it, it, dude, Rick and Scott during this time is fucking crazy. Like they were crazy good, dude. The, they were the suplexes that they were doing, showing around, and Scott Steiner is like fucking German suplexes deadlier than Brock Lesnar, in my opinion. I I don't know. If, you agree with that? Uh yeah, maybe some of Rick Steiner is the one that threw out that German. I was like, "What the fuck?" He almost <laughs> killed that guy. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I used to hate them when I was a kid. I used to hate the Steiners. And I, I don't really know why. I think it was because Rick Steiner. I thought he was stupid. I didn't like his headgear when he when I was a kid. I was just like, "Why is he? This, this is fucking WWF. Like, why is he wearing a fucking stupid headgear thing?" And that's the gimmick, because they're wrestlers from Michigan. I didn't know that. I didn't know that was a wrestler thing when I was a child. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh... Uh, what the fuck is with the Steiner's entrance music? That's fucking awful. Yeah, I was just, like, (laughs) very perplexed and, like, wondering what's going on. But then I'm just, like, it doesn't really matter. Um, The in-ring work uh makes up for everything and this is during a time i want to say when they started showing the flashy entrance things going on a little bit yeah i do i do want to say real fast on that entrance music note Mm -hmm. like i heard it before and i'm like man that sucks of course this is during that time when they're giving people kind of shitty entrance music or gimmicks a little bit yeah uh but uh, recently on a uh, Cornette's podcast, he said something about that music actually, because they did a watch along of, I think it was at SummerSlam of this year. He was there managing the heavenly bodies, his tag team in Smoky Mountain wrestling. Mm-hmm. It was a uh, Tom Pritchard and Jimmy Del Rey. And they were doing a match with Steiners there. Apparently it was a good match, mm. but he's like, what the fuck is with their music? This weird college band shit. <laughs> And then he's like, you know what they used to come out to in WCW or in NWA? It was Highway to Hell from ACDC. I'm like, that is a huge downgrade for them if that's the case. 
It's like, ah, where the hell? I can see that with those guys fucking throwing you around the ring and shit mm-hmm. and doing wrestling bullshit to you and you can't get out of it. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, um, I don't know which Beverly brother is which. Me either. They very quickly say their names, Bo and fucking, I guess, Bill. I say, I, I, I never learned the other guy's name. And Grill and Heenan don't ever make it a point to tell you which one's which. But honestly, that's one of the problems with this team is they look too similar. Yeah. Um, The Beverly Brothers were kept on uh, saying that the Steiners were pulling on their tights and stuff. Was that just Bobby Heenan just trying to, you know, get some heat on that? Or were they really complaining? Because I didn't see any. Maybe I was like Gorilla. I'm just like, I didn't see it. Didn't happen. Oh, he was just, they were just doing bullshit heel stuff. Mm-hmm. That's all they were doing, and Heenan was trying to take up for him. Okay. It could be an old heel trick. People don't fucking do that shit anymore, because I don't know why. Because it's better to be a cool heel than to be to be a fucking coward chicken shit heel people actually dislike. <laughs> so, like, when you lock up and the dude backs into the corner, but like, ah, he's pulling my hair, ah! And then he backs him up real quick. And he's like, pulling my hair. <laughs> they, they fucking argue and shit. And then he's like, he's pulling my tights. I'm like, ah, that's that's old school shit, you know? Yeah. Um, And it works because they didn't fucking like him when they were doing it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Scotty manhandles the clean shaven one. That's what I'm going to start calling him because one <laughs> has mustache and one has clean shave. Yeah. Um. He he just drags a dude around and does like wrestling bullshit. He fucks with him, and eventually, clean shaved dude gets a little bit of heat on Scotty, but not too long because then he rebuffs and he tags Rick, and then he tags the mustache one in, and then Rick power slams the fuck out of him. Like he power slams Rick, and then Rick just gets back up and power slams him. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I can't believe that. Um. And then he does that fucking German suplex. He fucking throws him like a sack of shit. Scotty tags in. He does the same thing. Yep. He suplexes him all the way across the fucking ring. There was a point where the Beverly Brothers uh, set up like a doomsday device fucking thing. And when he goes for the, the clothesline, misses. And then Scott Steiner turns it into like a sunset uh, like that's flip. A vic- that's a victory roll. Yeah, victory roll, and like I was like, oh my god, is this how it gonna end? Because I, I'd be like, hey, that's pretty cool. Because they think they have the upper hand, and then the other guy just gets fucking flipped and you know pinned over. Um, but that's not how it ended. I thought, you know, I like the ending they they went with instead. Oh, you mean Better. the Frankensteiner that should have like killed the dude? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, they get a long set of heat though. Um, on Scott at this point. Hmm. Like, they, they work on Scott a lot, doing, like, just little beating him down, like, fucking elbows and shit. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, Scotty gets hot-tagged to Rick, and he makes this huge comeback. Fucking German suplex is one of them. And then he does some clotheslines, and then he tags Scott back in. And then he muscles, and then they do the spot you just talked about there. Yep. Then, the one of them, I don't know which one it is, tries something on Scotty, and then he hits that Frankensteiner. That fucking Frankensteiner he does, nobody does one like that now. That's because yeah. he's such a big guy. I feel like today, I feel like today uh wrestlers are very um risque and don't take safety into uh you know into mind. 
And I think people can't do Frankensteiners like that anymore because they're afraid. I feel like Maybe. I feel like when they do do stuff like that, like I want to say eight out of ten times, you're gonna get hurt. Maybe allegedly, when Scott did, would do the Frankensteiner back when he would do it, mm-hmm. uh, you were going over with him whether you wanted to or not. Oh shit! That was that was apparently the the, the reputation. Uh, so it looked really good though when he did it. It was like that, he bumped his head on the mat, and I'm like, God damn! It looked like he just DDT'd him with the leg scissors. He's dead. <laughs> and, he, and he pinned him. I was like, that was an awesome finish. I love that version of that move. Yeah, it was a quick one, two, three. I was like, that's how you end it. If it looks devastating, keep it. So obviously Scott probably couldn't do that move anymore later in his career because of um, him turning into a big pop pump. Yeah. <laughs> But hey, he lost the Frankensteiner and he gained a personality. Yeah, the Steiner recliner. He gained a, you know, a talk about Samoa Joe and how fat he is, and it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> this fat son of a bitch keeps calling us out. <laughs> the whole basis of that feud is he doesn't like Samoa Joe because he's fat. That's literally the fucking feud. And that's not the only person he uh, does a fat promo on it because he does one with... Uh... Bubba Ray Dudley. Um, from the state of obesity. Yeah. <laughs> from he, he, the duck and donut stand. He's like, I, I think one promo where he had like a guitar hero, he's like, I ain't here to play games. I, I looked in my, my pocket. There ain't no hamburgers in there. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, I'll, I'll get you the promo. It's fucking funny as shit. Oh my God. Yeah. Anyway, though. This was a pretty good opener to me, and it, it grew on me because at first I was like, "Oh, these guys again!" Mm-hmm. But as it went, they got a little. It got a little better. Yeah, the Steiners were were awesome, and they were really over. And I like their work. The, like I said earlier, the Beverly Brothers look too alike. They look kind of generic. Mm-hmm. I don't get what the gimmick is with their capes. Nope, I don't know. I don't, I don't get it. They seem like decent workers, but they need a manager really bad. Yeah. They need somebody to manage them to help them get more heat, get more intrigue in what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I gave this 6.5. I gave this a 6.3 out of 10. All right. Um, After the match, Heenan does the brain scan. Which is like that old shit people used to do, like when they on the football games where they draw on the the telecast or whatever the fuck you want to call it with like a stylus. Mm-hmm. I and he was trying to show you like how that that Beverly brother was gonna fucking miss and he crashed and burned. It was funny because he fucked it up and he kept like drawing other shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then they didn't do it ever again the rest of the night. And I was like, oh man. <laughs> um. Then they do a recap of the Marty and Sean feud so far. So what do you think of this bit? Um very long build up uh video, video package in my opinion. Um but you you kind of have to do it because that's showing, you know, the you know, uh Sean and Marty Janetti coming from what was it? AWA or something like that as the Rockers. Um, I don't think they were, I don't know if they were teaming back then or not. It was shown like just some of the rocker footage from when they were teaming in WWF. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they showed the part where obviously they've, you know, 
started breaking up a little bit, and then they had the barbershop scene where, you know, Marty Jannetty was trying to escape. I stand by that. He was trying to get out of the window like a coward. <laughs> and um, then I don't know what the buildup was, but apparently uh, Sherry and stuff, like, she had to pick a side. Like, what was that all about? Oh, okay. So, like, in this little recap here, mm-hmm. this was an important piece. And this was, like, part of the the feud and the rise of single Shawn Michaels that I'd never seen before because they always just show the barbershop window and say, ah, oh, he beat Marty's ass and he moved on. And that was the end of it. Yeah. The, 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 what's important is you watch that segment and you watch him throw him through the fucking window. But uh, I like this segment where, I don't know if this is at a Superstars taping or something, mm-hmm. where it showed her, she was holding the mirror up and then Sean was primping and doing the I'm fucking sexy shit. Oh, and Marty shows up? That was a perfect then, angle. I love that, yeah. They milked it for the perfect amount of time. Like Marty's behind him and he sees him in the mirror and he's like, <laughs> no, and then he turns around and like he starts like fucking firing up on him and shit, and the crowd gets really into it. Actually, Sherry's hot, by the way. God, yeah, she's she's nice. Mm-hmm. And uh, they he beats on Sean for a while, and then he goes to grab the mirror from Sherry, and then she tries to beg him off. She's like, "No, don't hit him, no." And then Sean's like, "No, don't hit me, no." And then he goes to swing, and then he grabs her, pulls her in the waist, so she gets hit by the mirror and it breaks. Mm-hmm. And she just falls over dead. Sean runs away like a total chicken shit. <laughs> I was like, that was great. That was a great segment. How come they never show that? I don't know. And it, like, it, it was crazy. He hit a woman with a fucking mirror. Mm-hmm. <laughs> couldn't, I, like, I don't want to say, I don't know if you really do shit like that anymore. It's kind of hard to tell anymore. Yeah. But they do, they could do it with Sherry because she wasn't just a valet. She, she was a wrestler. She could do something like that. Yeah. She knew how to do it. Um, let's see. And then we get to the match. So like what you're saying there, it looks like Sherry's coming out and then she's like, who is she there for? Does she still hate Sean? And then he's like, no, she loves Sean. She would never betray him. <laughs> just, Oh, by the way, uh, before this match, th- this was part of uh, my viewing. Uh, the uh, Alfred Hayes uh, <laughs> interviews Sherry, and <laughs> so Sherry's like talking. And she's like, "Well, I guess you're gonna have to see who I pick in the uh, when the match comes and stuff." And she's like, "Get out of here, uh, Lord Alfred Hayes! I'm putting my nylons on." And Lord Alfred Hayes responds with, "Can I watch?" And Sherry goes nuts and just says, "You are a fucking old pervert! Bet doesn't say bastard, but get out of here! Get out of here!" Oh my god, that's fucking awesome! <sighs> <laughs> um, let's see. It starts out. And Sean tries to run away, but Marty catches him in the ring. Mm-hmm. And he hits a flurry, and then Sean bumps like a pinball for Marty. Yeah. He's flying over the ropes, doing kind of that oversell shit, but he's got it reined in some. Not too oversell like he did with Hulk Hogan that one time. No. Was... Sean, Sean always had a little bit of oversell to him. Mm-hmm. But it was just, I think, to make the other guy look like really strong when he'd want to do it. Yeah. Uh, so he's trying to make Marty look good, I think. 
<laughs> and then uh, he flies outside both ways. And then Marty hits a dive and he gets some punches. And then Marty goes to the apron and he does a, a diving punch. And I laughed at the way Sean sold this. He jumped in the air and did a 360 spin and landed on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> punched. I was like, why did he, what? <laughs> Whatever. It was funny. Uh, and then Marty tries to do it again, but Sean punches him in the stomach. Mm-hmm. And then he picks him up on his shoulder and rams his shoulder into the post. But then Marty sells the other shoulder. Did you notice that? Yeah. And um, I kind of want to bring this up because you know how like when wrestlers, like if you're a righty, when you're punching, you usually have the other guy tell him to like ram my my, like non-dominant hand or shoulder into like a ring post. And I think... I think that this was kind of like miscommunication between Sean and uh, Marty Jannetty because he he rams him with the right shoulder and then all of a sudden Marty's selling the left and uh, I didn't like that Marty Jannetty like hulked up. I'm like stupid. Like I I didn't like his selling either. He he didn't convince me he, his shoulder was fucked up. <laughs> I I think he was trying to get over with the fans and I don't think people cared enough for him that much. I think they just cared about Sean because he's a, a ladies man and Sherry's hot. So <laughs> he was he's try- a little bit of a braggart. Mm-hmm. Um, I, Sean did pick up on this mistake though. And he ran out and he ran his other shoulder into the post <laughs> so that Mari could continue to sell that shoulder. He was like, well, see, at least he caught it and he tried to fix it in the middle of the match. Did you see how he, he sold, like, every uh, submission that Sean was doing? Like, he would kick his legs like a baby? Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, what the f- He sells kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean spends a lot of time working Marty's arm, though. He's using a bunch of holds and moves stuff on that focus on his arm. Mm-hmm. And at one point, Marty swings wildly at Sean like fucking haymaker punch. He misses. Sean ducks. Yeah. And he just does this cocky little, yeah, I fucking dodge that. That was easy. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that. And Sean goes to second rope. He gloats. He jumps off, but he eats Marty's boot. And he ends. He gets up and tries to shoulder, shoulder tackle Marty in the corner, but he dodges and Sean hits the post. And Marty gets fired up and he starts making a comeback and Sean pulls on Marty's tights and he throws him outside. That simple little move that you just throw a guy outside with. I like that. Yep. And then he tries to suplex Marty back in, but he counters it and dumps Sean to the floor. And then they do a crisscross thing when he gets him back in. And he catches Sean midair for a power slam. That was cool. Mm-hmm. Then Marty goes to the top to go for a dive, but Sean rolls back. But Wait, is Marty... that is that when... He's on the top rope and he's about to do like an elbow drop, but he like lands on his feet and tricks him a little bit. Yeah, it's like in midair he saw Sean was rolling back, mm. so like he just landed on his feet and he DDT'd him. I was like, oh, that was cool. Yeah, and then he kicked out it too. <laughs> I was like, oh shit! And then Janae gets up and he punches Sean in the corner. Sean gets away, and then he tries to super kick Marty, but he ducks and he super kicks him. Yeah. And he gets a really close too, and it's like, well, that's not Marty's finisher. Like we always knew Marty could do a super kick, but he never finished anybody with it. 
Mm -hmm. So they do a reverse roll up to each other until Marty fixes it to a catapult and he catapults Sean in the corner and he goes way over the turnbuckle pad and he hits his head on the post. And then he rolls, he rolls Sean up and this is where I had a problem with this match. (laughs) He rolls Sean up and he kicks out of it. He should have been done. He should have been done after that because he got two near falls. He hit his head on the post, the ring post, mm-hmm. and he kicked out of that. And I was like, and then this is part, of, I started thinking this might be where Marty Janae's career started to go sideways because he didn't win this match. Well, a little history <laughs> lesson in a little bit because remember, we're going back in time when Marty Janetti uh, in the barbershop thing. Uh-huh. Uh that happened all the way back in ninety two. It took a whole year until, you know, he came back. Uh one reason he was selling the injury. Uh two, uh <laughs> he he was in uh on drugs and intoxicated and fought a cop. So he went to jail for a little bit. So he's oh, yeah. this is when he started getting a little drug and alcohol problem. Uh and I, I, I truly think now they could have done it better with Shawn Michaels not hitting that uh, post over there. Um, I don't. I don't think they wanted to put the belt on Marty Jannetty because of his problems, and I think that's what happened. That's uh, yeah, that's understandable in that case. I forgot about that. I think I didn't know. If, I didn't know the timeline of when Marty started really having problems like that. Mm-hmm. I thought it might have been like around this time he started to. Yeah, but um. Yeah, uh, if you just look at it in a vacuum, though, he probably should have won that match. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, this is just Shawn Michaels just trying to, like, oversell shit too much. And by him doing that, like, that should have ended the match. He should have been done. So the problem continues because not after he kicks out, Shawn just gets up on his feet. Yep. And he starts fighting back. And he elbows the ref, and there's like a ref bump. And then Marty puts Sean in a full Nelson. And then Sherry comes in, she takes her shoe off, and she's like, I'm going to hit you, motherfucker. And she's going to hit Sean. Sean ducks, hits Marty. Marty gets hit with a shoe. Well, there was and a then... Sherry slap before when, like, uh, Sean went out of the ring. And just like, I believe all oh, the moment of truth that's going to happen, what's going to happen? Then she slaps him, and then the the shoe part. Is... Yeah, I, I missed that. I didn't write that one down. Yep. But uh, yeah, she hits him with a shoe, and then and Sean super kicks him and fucking pins him. But before that, they milk that shit really long. We're like, she, I think she hits him with the shoe, and Marty just goes down, and then Sean's like getting all up in her shit and like fucking looming over her. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what the? Okay, we get it. You're p- fucking pissed at her, and they, they drag us out for like a really long time. Then he then he finishes it. I don't, know, I don't know if you caught Bobby Heenan's notes at the end of this, where he tells Shawn Michaels to pile drive Sherry on the steps. <laughs> yeah, on the steps. I was like, "Fuck!" <laughs> he also called her a dumb harlot. That made me fucking laugh my ass off. The dumb harlot can't figure make her mind up. Because I literally had, because uh, I was having popcorn while I was doing this, and I put popcorn in my mouth, and all I hear is just Bobby hit it, pile driver on the steps, and I just choked on popcorn, and I was like, holy shit, Bobby oh hit it was gosh. such savage. I love it. Um, 
this started a little off, I thought, but it got better over time. Mm-hmm. And then that, it had a really hot finish sequence until that bizarre no selling the headbutting of post thing. Yeah. And then I thought it was a bad finish. Uh, and then especially after we just saw Sting do a stinger splash and he hits the fucking turnbuckle and knocks himself out. Yep. Just this, not even like a day before, if we're going to be in real time here. <laughs> it's just like, so big, huge guy like Sting can like hit his head on turnbuckle. He's out. Mm-hmm. Sean, eh, he just fucking gets up and fucking does his shit and wins. Yep. <laughs> uh, what what did you think of this? Um, I I said it last night. I think Shawn Michaels carries Marty a little bit too much. He he did it when he was with the Rockers. Marty will always be number two, and Shawn will always be number one. Obviously, um. Marty Jannetty has some. He's a good face. I mean, he he plays it well. Um, I just don't dig his uh, selling that much. I don't d- dig that yeah. he gets like Hulkamania stuff going on. Um, I think he gets a good fire up. Like I'm gonna, let's do it. And, you know, he starts doing his shit. Yeah, starts punching the guy. I think he's pretty good at that kind of stuff, but mm-hmm. not like Hulk Hogan level. But yeah, yeah, it's just um, it's just annoying. It's like. This is obviously uh, the time is changing. Uh, an era is starting to change in wrestling. Not enough to like be like, oh, this is where high flying shit's going to happen. But like the whole like I'm gonna Hulk up, brother, is kind of getting old around this time. And and just seeing Janetti do that, and I I I've always been bored of Janetti, but I kind of liked what he did in this match. Um, so I'm gonna give this match. A six point nine out of ten. Ooh, we are right there, I think, because I gave it a six point seven five out of ten. Okay. And uh I'll say this real quick. Um uh I think Marty's a pretty solid worker here because this is the thing. I don't have very much uh frame of reference for Marty as a singles. Mm-hmm. I just know when he tagged with Sean and the Rockers and they were a pretty good team, I thought. Yeah. Um and I'm not sure about this, but I want to say the possible reason for Sean selling so much for Marty was because back then uh, Sean was still a pretty good guy, I think. Mm-hmm. And he was still friends with Marty and he felt bad about what was going on with him. And he's like, hey, brother, we'll, we'll do this program and I'll make you look good other than this bizarre finish. And and I think that's just what he was doing when he was selling for him so much. Yeah. So this was before Sean started having a lot of personal problems. Yeah. Um, I like that part after the match where like Sherry just runs to the back because she realized she fucked up and ruined everything. Yeah. And they go back there and she's like freaking out. And then Gene Okerlund's with her and she's like, damn it, Sherry, settle down. You're hysterical. (laughs) (laughs) That's classic Gene. That's fucking awesome. Mean Gene. And I guess this isn't over. I guess this feud is not over. Mm-mm. It seemed to what the, they indicate. So it's like maybe they'll have a better match later. And because this was still pretty good, it's just I thought it could have been better. Yeah. Next, Bam Bam Bigelow versus Big Boss Man. Yeah, two big boys. So what do you think of this big boy match? Oh, I loved it. Um, 
Big Boss Man kind of big. Um, he's one of those big fat wrestlers. Not big enough like Yokozuna, but fucking big enough that you have to wear a shirt. If you notice in wrestling, when there's big fat guys, they have to wear like a shirt or something to cover up their fat. Um, big Are you Boss sure? What? Unless you're Evil Uno, and then he, and then later they browbeat you into wearing a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, dude. They fucking went at it in this match. I've sort I've seen so many fucking splashes ever, and this was like one of them. Like just splash in the corner, splash in the corner. They were going fucking fast for big guys. I mean, Bam Bam's always yeah. been like that. Uh, but seeing Big Boss Man do that was fucking crazy. And he did one move uh, that made me hurt my own back uh, or think about hurting my own back was when. Uh, big Bossman gets thrown over the ropes and like his back hits the apron. I'm like, yeah. oh god, it fucking looked like it hurt. Yeah, I made a note where um, Bossman took that bump and he sold his. He he can sell that because I thought, like, I believed it when I watched him. Mm-hmm. He's like, god damn, like that's great. And then I was like, god damn, he can sell better than Marty. I looked up online <laughs> to see if he had any back problems. I'm sure he probably had back problems that. Uh, you built up during time, but nothing enough to be like that match. Like, kill almost killed him with, with his spine. I guess. I guess he was just selling. Yeah. Um, but this was fun though because it was just yeah, two bigger guys going at kind of a fast pace, but not too fast. Mm-hmm. You know, because it. Uh, and I, I put a note. It's been a really long time since I've seen either of these guys in a singles match. Yeah. We're talking like. Maybe a couple dozen years. Bam, Bam, Not a couple dozen, but like uh, two decades, 20 years. Bam Bam never faced Vader, right? Maybe in Japan, but I'm not really sure about that. Because, oh God, I would I would love to see that match because they both have moonsaults. <laughs> oh, my God, that'd be so cool. Yeah. Boss Man, though, uh, when he was in WCW and Crockett Promotions, he was uh, Big Bubba Rogers. Mm-hmm. He was like bodyguard for for Jim Cornette in the Midnight Express. Didn't and, I hear? Didn't I hear a story? Sorry to cut you off, but I remember Jim Cornette saying that like Big Boss Man uh, was like getting luggage out of the car and like the the trunk landed on his fingers. But because he was trying to stay kayfabe and be all strong and stuff, he like didn't cry or scream until he got into his hotel room. Yeah, I guess he just clenched his jaw. And just fucking went about his business. He's like, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he he protected the kayfabe in that that instance. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently, he's always been that fast. I just think like later, you you made mention is like, am I crazy to like Big Boss Man? And he was attitude era Big Boss Man. And I was like, I don't know because I don't really remember it that clearly. Mm-hmm. But he is, I think, definitely slower compared to what he was. At that point, if you compare it to now, mm-hmm. uh, and that might just be age slash breaking down because it's a big guy moving fast, and that breaks that, that will break you down because Vader breaks down later too. Because by the time he's in WWF, he can't do uh, some of the stuff he was able to do in WCW that we're seeing now. Well, we're gonna see Big Boss Man in WCW soon. Yeah, apparently he goes back, and I didn't realize this. I didn't realize he went back there for a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, these guys can move and it's fun, and 
they trade offense for a while, and then you mentioned that bump boss man talk. And then Bam Bam targets his back, and then Boss Man breaks out of a waist lock, and then Bam Bam hits this fucking super-sized stun gun on Boss Man. It looked brutal because he just dumped this 350-pound dude on the rope. Yep. He's blowing. He's fucking, like, sells it like whiplash shit. I was like, God damn. Mm-hmm. Uh, he keeps working Boss Man's back, Four and he starts to come back, and he kind of fucks up. And then Bam Bam clotheslines him and hits the headbutt and wins. Yep. By the way, that headbutt looks worse than what Chris Benoit does. Like it, it lands on the actual person. Like I was like, oh my, I was like, oh my god, Bam Bam Bigel almost fucking like actually headbutted him on the ground. Oof. So fun big band match. Uh, what did you score this? Um. It was, I want to say it was a, it was better than Marty and Sean, in my opinion. I, I like the fast pace. It was very professional wrestling. Um, I agree. Uh, if Marty and Sean had a better finish, it would have been a better match. I but it, it did I give it a 7 out of 10. You know, yeah. You know, honestly, I think I'm going to change mine to 7 out of 10, too. Because mm-hmm. uh, I gave it a 6.75 originally, and I was still thinking... It still edges out that other match, because it just didn't have all that build-up and shit. Yeah. And this is just something, hey, pal, you two big guys go out there and kill some time for us, is, is what it felt like. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, like, good. It was actually it was... a good wrestling match. Yeah. So... Up next, we get a short recap of Razor beating up Owen backstage, and that was funny. Yeah, from the front. <laughs> yeah, from the front. Like, he's sitting there getting ready to do an interview, and he just comes in out of the door. And wham, he starts punching him. And he's like, your daddy teach you that, man? And he's, like, fucking him up and shit, talking about his dad. I'm like, damn, dude. He's, like, choking him, and he's just very calmly. He's like, your daddy teach you this, man? I'm like, fuck. <laughs> Is he going to kill him? <laughs> um... Then they get a little short praiser, praiser, promo from Razor at a b-ball game, <laughs> and it's uh, it's at the same arena they're at. It was like the previous day or some shit, and he's just like, man, I'm going to get the gold around my waist, Chico. It's basic. Um, so this is Brett versus Razor for the world championship. Uh, Razor comes out, and he has the swag. Mm-hmm. He's got the fucking gold chains. He's got the fucking cool shit. I like Razor Ramon. I always have. To me, that's probably the best period of Scott Hall's career. Yep, and Stu Hart looks like uh, he's not happy being in the front row. Stu Hart never looked happy. (laughs) (laughs) He just looked like he was just like, fine. Like, I'm fine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Then they they get Brett to cut a short pre-match promo. Mm. Um, it was basic. He's still finding his footing, I think, for a promo. He's like, I'm going to make him pay. I'm going to defend my family's honor. and You're going to see that. Yep. And he walks out. That's it. Um, he gives the kid his sunglasses, and then this pisses Razor off, so he <laughs> flicks his toothpick at the kid. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Like, fuck. And then Brett just pits Brett off, so he starts fucking punching him. I was like, that's a good start. They're I mean, just throwing bombs at each other. Imagine growing up 
and being like, I'm the kid that at Royal Rumble 1993 got Brett the Hitman sunglasses and Razor Ramon's fucking toothpick. I'm badass. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, wow, thanks. Like after he did that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, what do you think of this one though? Uh, I love how uh, Brett always sells things. He 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 oversells it really well. He, there was one point where Razor Ramon throws Brett Hart into like the turnbuckle, but he falls and like his he cross bodies the fucking uh, ring post, and I'm like, whoa, what the fuck happened there? I'm gonna say, I don't think Brett's overselling anything. He's he's just that's just he's just selling. That's just how he sells. He makes it believable. Mm-hmm. He, he never oversells. It's just like when he did that. They yeah they did the spot you just said. He's like oh and he just like fucking balls up, and he just looks like he's in fucking pain. Yeah, he's just like, oh and he's like trying to get his breath and shit. And it's and very he, it's very oh, technical. Oh, I'm sorry. It's very technical wrestling between them. Uh, especially when Brett is working on Razor's leg, like you see it from beginning to end, and that's what I love about ring psychology, is that you you tell a story in a, in a ring. You never just go in there. I'm just going to be doing a bunch of moves and then do like finisher and false finishes. Bret Hart's matches have a script and a script that tells a story and. Obviously, at the end, when you know he gets the sharpshooters, a, a, a you know an ending of of a match, of a story, because when he hits that sharpshooter, that hurts Razor's leg. So, like, it builds to that point. Yeah, even the commentary picked up on this. Bobby Heenan plants the seed. I don't think he can put the sharpshooter on Razor. His legs are too long. Mm-hmm. So that plants doubt. Is like, can Brett get his his finisher on on? Razor, because to this point in singles matches, I think Razor is probably the biggest in size opponent he's fought. Mm-hmm. Everybody else has been roughly about his size. Yeah. So that is a good point. And yeah, he they, they do that in the middle of the match. He tries to go for a sharpshooter. He can't get it. He has trouble turning him over. Yep. And then Razor pulls on uh, Dave Hebner's pant leg and dumps him on Brett so he can get out. <laughs> it's pretty good. Real subtle because at first I couldn't tell if he just tripped. Yeah. I had to like go back and watch it again. And I was like, yeah, I saw it. He grabbed the bottom of his pant leg and fucking just jerk, jerked <laughs> it. it was nice. I, I had to like go back and check that. That's great. Um, let's see. Yeah, he start, He works the leg. He does some real good, smooth, crisp work. And Razor's selling for him, too. Um, then he, let's see, whips Brett into the corner. He does the sell for the post, and he sells it like he's dying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, uh, then he works Brett's ribs for a while. He does some rib breakers, some taunt stomps, and some fall away slam. And he whips, he does the infamous turnbuckle spot. Yep. <laughs> when he whips Brett, Brett takes a turnbuckle with his chest and just collapses. So and great. it, every time he does that, it, it gets me. I'm like, fuck. Like, God, that looked awful. But in reality, he's just bouncing off a pad and just falling over. And why doesn't wrestlers do abdominal stretches anymore? 
right? Like that's another move that's kind of fallen by the wayside. That's a real nice move that probably it's not, maybe it's awkward to stand there mm-hmm. like that, but it gives you a rest and it looks like, that looks like kind of painful. It, the only wrestler I know that does it, but he does it in a joking way, is Big E. Is when he, you know he puts him in an abdominal stretch and like spanks their ass. Actually, uh, Natalia does an abdominal stretch with a twist. It's just you probably haven't seen her wrestle in so long you forgot. Probably. She does the abdominal stretch and she'll put it on for a little bit. And what she does is she grabs your leg. Mm-hmm. And pulls up your leg too, so you're like in this weird three pronged position, and it looks bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. So she does it, but she's a heart, so whatever. Um, <laughs> Bobby said, "Thank God, Breath parrots are here; they can carry his bags for him." <laughs> God damn, dude! Uh, and he's like, "Will you stop it?" <laughs> Um, uh, Brett tries to reverse this, but Ra- Razor reestablishes after the, he, he cuts off his comeback. <laughs> and then Brett hits a sudden crossbody for two. Razor kicks out. He falls out of the fucking ring because he kicked out with authority. Mm-hmm. And Brett shoulders him on the apron and goes for a sunset flip. Razor counters the pin, and then Brett counters the pin. They both get twos and. Razor puts him in the camel clutch and picks him up for a bear hug, and Brett's still selling. Like, oh, fuck, I'm dying. Yeah, I actually like that part because it's just like, Brett's selling it, and dude, Scott Hall is in great shape at this point until he becomes a drunk. Like I said, this is the, this is the high point of his career is when he's doing the Razor character, the shape he's in, mm-hmm. and his work, because he, he was still motivated at this point. Yep. Um... See, Brett gets a second win and he bites Razor to get out of the bear hug. And then he is like, Why is he biting him? That's not fair. <laughs> Razor charges Brett and he dumps him outside. And then Brett hits a suicide dive on him, which surprised me. Yeah. Because I can't recall Brett suicide diving ever. No, because every time he does a dive, like he does, he like grabs the ring or something or he does it really. Yeah. Yeah, he does rope. that one where he bolts over the rope. Yeah. And he's really iffy when it comes to that because, you know, safety doesn't want to kill kill his career that way. Yeah, that's cool, though. I mean, like, to me, this was like a spot where you do that because in the, the way the match is going, mm-hmm. this big guy is, like, beating him down, so he has to, like, pull, pull something out of his bag. Yeah. And he's throwing bombs. He's making a comeback in this... I like the part where Gorilla is asking Brett, why won't he go for the sharpshooter? And he tells him his legs are too long. And then Gorilla's like, how do you know if you don't try? And he's <laughs> like, well, he's dumb. <laughs> he's such yeah. dumb in that scene. <laughs> um, then Brett hits a lot of his signature offense. He does like the inverted atomic drop. He does a Russian leg sweep, backbreaker, mm-hmm. bulldog. And then this is where they do the, he's trying to go for the sharpshooter, and he pulls the ref. Yep. And then they get up, and Razor clubs him in the ribs. And then he puts Brett on the turnbuckle like he's going to do a super back suplex. Brett elbows Razor, and he does, they do this cool spot where he flips backwards off Razor's back mm-hmm. and back suplexes him. And I was like, oh, that was cool. 
And then he goes for a second row elbow and he eats a boot. Then Razor's like, fuck, he's gone, Chico. He's doing, he's signaling for the edge. Yep. He goes for it. Brett slips out, gets a backslide close to, very close. Very close. Razor puts Brett in a knuckle lock. He's kicking him in the ribs. He's fucking him up. And then he suddenly just pretzels Razor, puts him in a pinning combo. He kicks out. And while his legs are laying on him, he locks the sharpshooter in, rolls over, and then puts him in it. The only thing I'll say about that is, like, it looked very, like, planned from both sides. I know it's, you know, obviously planned because it's not real uh, and everything. But, like, how he had the legs like that. And like, oh, it's so convenient. <laughs> but it, it worked. I, I didn't think so. I thought it was like, you know, they're both tired and his legs just happened to land there. Mm-hmm. Brett had the presence of mind, wait a minute, and then he does it. Yeah. <laughs> so he taps. And Stu I like Hart, that finish. And Stu Hart's mildly happy. Mildly. Mildly, mildly happy. He's like, yeah. There was, one, <laughs> there was one good shot where uh, the part where Brett is like, trying to climb onto Razor a little bit because he's on the ground and there's like a a shot from the ring floor and you can see <laughs> his parents there and like the mom is like oh, I can't watch yeah Martha Hart's like oh yeah <laughs> um good match good finish I like the story they told the doubt over Brett's ability to put him in the sharpshooter mm-hmm. uh what did you give this match I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. I really liked it. Oh, wow. I gave it 7.5. I thought it was really good. It's just, uh, it maybe was just, this could have been lack of them working together mm-hmm. enough. Uh, maybe there wasn't enough compatibility between these two guys. I wish Razor got the belt, though, in my opinion. He's one of those guys that they could have very well put it, probably put it on him, and it would have, they would have bought it. Mm hmm. I think they would have bought him as champion more than fucking Diesel. Yeah, Diesel was very boring as a champion. And by the way, I love that belt. I want to get a replica of that belt. The winged eagle, as they call it. Yeah. I always thought that name was silly. That's like saying legged man. <laughs> <laughs> but are are you ready for... This Nar- is it. Yeah, nar- narcissus. The, the Narcissus. He's like, I've got to go unveil the Narcissus right now. <laughs> and he just storms off. He's like, he's gone. then there's like this curtain near the stage the entrance and then he is like this is the unveiling of the narcissist lex luger (laughs) and he's like oh so we know who he is now Mm -hmm. so this was actually kind of a big get back then because lex luger was like a pretty um figured in guy in wcw yeah at that point so it was like, oh shit, they got Lex Luger. That's like one of WCW's biggest stars. Um, Heenan's weird fucking <laughs> hype up promo of the Narcissus was like fucking odd, yeah, cause somewhat he... homoerotic and hilarious. Because he was like, stop teasing, Ugh. and like Lex Luger would like show a nipple and stuff, and I'm like, what is going on here? He's like, he's like standing in front of three mirrors. And he's got like this cape thing on, and he's like, "Stop teasing us! Just show us already." I feel like <laughs> I feel like Vince watched X Men, like read X Men comic or something like that, and like, oh, this will be really cool. Where you put mirrors here, and like 
make you mysterious and shit. And <laughs> I guess oh, um, and Andy just told me to drink some water. You should drink some water. Mm-hmm. I've got I've got water here too. Don't browbeat me. <laughs> anyway, um, he goes real over the top, hyping up Luger posing and shit. And it, it just made, I started laughing at first. I thought this is dumb, and then I he just he made it so over the top that it was entertaining. Mm-hmm. And then after this, Lex cuts a pretty good heel promo. Yep. You know, honestly, like he didn't stutter and it didn't sound weird and robotic and unnatural or anything. Until later yeah. in his career. Until later in his <laughs> I think this is and I'm I'm subscribing to something Cornette says about Luger here because I believe it. Like after seeing some of his you know when he do the Lex Express thing and stuff like that? Yeah. And it's like he made it a point to say Luger was not a natural baby face. He just didn't have that inclination to him ever. Mm-hmm. And um, I believe it. Some people, they try to make baby face and it just does not work. And I think he was one of those guys, especially with that kind of push. This I'm an all American and I'm the next Hulk Hogan. Yep. Now, don't get me wrong. That, that whole segment where he body slams Yokozuna on the fucking aircraft carrier is like really cool. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 cool, but like the the whole Lex Express push and shit didn't work because Luger is just not that kind of wrestler. He is apparently in real life. He back then he was kind of a narcissist a little bit. So this was Vince kind of playing off of him in real life a little, but he like way over gimmicked it and shit. Of course, like how he usually does. I think this uh, Bobby Heenan was just uh, being Vince. Like, this is what Vince would say. <laughs> I never thought about that. Like, oh my god, look at those those thighs. Was he doing a Vince impression? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that would have been amazing. Um, But, like, I when I watched this and I heard Luger's promo, which was like, it wasn't, like, real elaborate or anything. He was just, it, he put the roster on notice. Yep. And he, he made sure to call out Mr. Perfect. Because he's got heat with perfect. The nerd, and, this is, this... and he's like, I'm greater than perfect. And I'm like, and he's like, yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, after that whole segment, I was like, you know what? Why didn't Vince just, why did Vince turn him face? I think the the, narc, the narcissist could have been a pretty good heel, actually. I don't know. It's just Vince, I guess, being like a big muscle man. I, th- I think he saw maybe he could be a next Hulk Hogan, like you said. And it fell. It's like you can't make Lex Luger uh, a fa- mm-hmm. He was pretty good face in WCW, but the narcissist was a, a good thing that should have stayed a thing and ha- have uh, Bobby DeBrain Heenan be his manager. But unfortunately, you know, he leaves WWE. All I could think of after this was like the potential matchups they could have had with Luger as a heel, mm-hmm. um, which was like, you know, Brett and Luger. And, you know, maybe Macho Man and Luger. Yeah. You know, and I was like, man, that would have been some good stuff instead of just what happened. Yep, yep. But uh, after this, Caesar and Cleopatra appear <laughs> to proclaim that WrestleMania will be at Caesar's Palace in Las Vegas, Nevada. And I'm like, we already knew that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they had to make this big fucking, this is Vince. He just wanted to make a big show of it. Um, 
this is that one where it's like outdoors and they're all wearing togas and shit. <laughs> it's weird. It's, it's it's weird, yeah. But um, now we're at the Royal Rumble. Um, I'm gonna say right off the bat, this Rumble was okay. It in the beginning, it was very okay. Yeah, in in the beginning, you're just like Ric Flair, woo, and. and you know, Undertaker, and <laughs> I want to say when Giant Gonzalez comes out is when it starts to fucking fall. You know, I'm gonna disagree with you there on that. Okay, we'll we'll, we'll get to that though. So Ric Flair and Bob Backlund start us out, and I'm like, okay, Ric Flair starting out, and then it's like Bob Backlund. Like, yeah, nobody gave a sh- nobody gave a shit about Bob Backlund. This was, I'm like, okay, I remember this now. This was around the time when Bob Backlund did show back up in WWF. Mm-hmm. And he had this match with Brett. I remember this to this day where it might have been later in this year. Uh, he put Brett in his submission, the cross-face chicken wing thing. Yeah. And, like, I remember Owen was, like, in his corner or something. And he threw in the towel because Brett was unresponsive and he wouldn't give up, and this was like a big deal. This was like a big part of the Brett Owen storyline or some shit they were building. Yeah. I still remember that to this day. I was like, what the f- Oh, my God, is he dead? Because <laughs> he was like, he just he was just passed the fuck out, and he just wasn't <laughs> responding. And then Owen was like, what do I do, my brother? Uh, and he throws the towel in. <laughs> and, but yeah, um, what, they, they go back and forth a little bit, and... It's kind of. I think they actually work pretty good together, but they're kind of similar in a way, a little bit. Um, Yeah, a little bit. You have a reigning '70s WWF champion versus NWA '80s world reigning champion, just doing an actual wrestling match. Yeah, for a little bit there. And then Papa Shango um, comes out, and then Ric Flair's like, fuck you. Get out of here. Get out of here. I'm busy. Yeah. <laughs> um, There was a part where, like, Ric Flair was trying to get backlit, and he was doing this shit where he'd dodge him, and he'd act crazy. <laughs> he was, like, jumping around and shit, like, ha, 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 laughing at him. Like, what the? F- is Was Backlund always crazy? Yes, I think so. That's weird. That's really strange. <laughs> <laughs> During, while they're having, they're doing their stuff. Though I laughed when Backlund gets him up for the atomic drop, mm-hmm. and then when he gives it to Ric Flair, he sells it and then he flops <laughs> on the atomic. Like why? <laughs> um. Uh, Ted DiBiase comes out at four, and it starts to get a little bit more interesting. Mm-hmm. And then one of the nasty boys comes out at five, and I don't know which one's which because it's been too long. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, they're apparently babyface because he gets a cheer reaction. I'm like, when were the fucking nasty boys babyface? I don't fucking remember that. Uh, <laughs> um, then Jerry Lawler's out at seven. I'm like, okay, this is getting interesting. Mm-hmm. He comes in, he starts beating the fuck out of Flair, and he rolls out. <laughs> I was like, okay, is it going to be Jerry Lawler and Ric Flair? I kind of want to see that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then. I was gonna say Jerry Lawler, uh, fucking, and Ric Flair, especially when Ric Flair is doing the fucking chops on him. Oh, they look deadly, dude. Yeah. Maybe he gave then, him a heart attack all the way back back then. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know those two have worked together 
a few times, and I kind of want to see those matches. They're just they way predate this. Um, there's some Japanese dude named Tenaru comes out. I've never heard of this guy. Me either. And he comes in, and he starts chopping the fuck out of Flair. <laughs> he just goes wham, wham, and he's like selling it like crazy, like he's fucking shaking and flopping and shit when he chops him. Maybe he just wanted to uh, do what. Maybe he likes Ric Flair. Maybe he just wanted to give him a little chop. Maybe Ric Flair liked him, and he let, he allowed him to do that to him. I don't know. <laughs> then Mister Perfect comes out in ten. Then this is when shit starts really picking up. Indeed, um, he, he goes straight for Flair, and then they fight for a little while, and then he throws Flair out. This is like furthering their little feud they're having right now, which is the next Raw we watched. They're having that loser leaves the company match or some shit. Oh, I thought for some strange reason I. Th- why did I think it was happening in Royal Rumble? Maybe because I'm I'm used to wrestling showing matches on TV and being like, oh, this is when we're having the match or something like that. Yeah. And then um, Afa comes out with Samu and he pulls him by his hair and he throws him in the ring. And I thought that was great. <laughs> <laughs> um, Perfect eliminates Lawler. And then after that, they do this shit that I always hate that they do in a Royal Rumble when somebody fucking gets thrown out and they cause the guy that threw, threw him out to get eliminated. I fucking hate that. Oh, like when they uh, get pissed off and they eliminate somebody? Yeah, here's the really weird thing about this, though, is that um, everybody ganged up on Perfect after he threw Lawler out. And for some reason, like, Coco Beware was part of the people that wanted to get Perfect out. But he's like a baby face. Mr. Perfect's a babyface now. And I just thought that was like, that made no sense. Maybe he just never got the memo. Maybe. Or maybe he remember when Mr. Perfect was a dick and he just held it against against him. Yeah, maybe building the storyline. <laughs> the storyline that never happens. Yeah. <laughs> but I will give them props for the referees trying to stop it, at least. Yep. Instead of like, nowadays what they do, they just stand there and it's like, I guess... I guess that's a. I guess we don't do anything, right? I guess we got. Well, I guess we got to wait until you know the whole uh, roster comes out and helps. <laughs> yeah, then Undertaker comes in, and then this is when, again when stuff picks up again. Mm-hmm. He choke slams Samu out, and he takes this insane bump when he fucking he choke slams him out of the ring. And, like, Samu bounces off the rope, and he does, like, this weird flip shit, and he, it looked like he could have got hurt there. Mm-hmm. I was I was like, oh, fuck, is he all right? I guess he was. He's Samoan. He's probably fine. Yeah. Then Berserker uh, takes Backlund outside. At some point, Berserker comes in, and he hits him with a fucking chair. <laughs> and then he starts removing the padding outside, and he slams Backlund on the concrete floor. He's just, that Backlund's out for a while. <laughs> I'm like okay, they're just gonna let that happen too. I guess fine. I love it because it's just like so random. Just like Berserker just taking Bob back and be like, "Fuck you, dude! Get into the fucking cement." He was berserking. Mm-hmm. Taker cleans house, and it's like DiBiase's in there, and he throws Coco Beware and Terry Taylor out, who just came in. And then Taker chokes slams DiBiase and just fucking throws him out. So now it's just Berserker and Undertaker. Then Giant Gonzalez appears with Harvey Whippleman. Oh, yeah. So this is the first appearance of Giant Gonzalez, who was El Gigante previously in WCW. My God, that stupid fucking suit. 
it looks lame, but apparently this guy has a rotten body. So, like, I guess this is the alternative. But what does that mean? And plus, it, it makes him look bigger, actually. What do you mean by rotten body? Did he just, like... Like, he has no definition. He He's not buff. He's just a tall, skinny dude? Yeah, like, apparently he was a basketball player. And uh, so, like, he's got a basketball player body. He's kind of scrawny. So Vince just saw a tall dude and be like, we have a tall dude. His name is Undertaker. Now you're going to face him at WrestleMania. Well, he needed a new giant because Andre the Giant got old and retired and he died. Mm-hmm. So this is the, Maybe he thought this guy could be his giant. But I will say this. At first, my reaction was the same as yours. I was like, oh, no. Because I remember seeing the, this feud and the match. Mm-hmm. And that was a god-awful match. It was probably Undertaker's worst match, in my opinion. Worst re- WrestleMania match. Very very well could be. Mm-hmm. Um, but when Go- Gonzalez comes in, they milk this just for the right amount of time. And it shows the size difference, and there is a big size difference. And, <laughs> and it shows that, because um, obviously, spoiler alert, Undertaker doesn't win the Rumble. Um, it it yeah. shows it builds a feud between him and Giant Gonzalez, which becomes a WrestleMania moment. Sadly, but uh, that's what they're building up to. Yeah, but like uh, Gonzalez comes in and he chops Tager twice, and Tager flips out of the ring and gets eliminated. Mm-hmm. And then he, Gonzalez goes out there and he starts manhandling him. He just throws him around and punches him, and Tager's selling it, and that's. Highly unusual because Taker doesn't sell almost anything. Yeah, because they got to make it look like Giant Gonzalez is his, uh, you know, nemesis in a way. But I gotta say that in this moment, this had to be shocking to people, mm-hmm. and I think it worked here. It seemed like it worked, and they confirmed that Gonzalez. I was confused if Gonzalez was part of the Rumble or not, and they quickly say after this, no, he wasn't in it. So, but. Honestly, he didn't look that bad in this specific spot here. No, because he, he it, wasn't it, having a match. It showed off that um you know, he did his job. He 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 attacked him. It made him look good, but I just look at him I look at him in that bodysuit and I just go, "The fuck? They they could have done better, dude. They could have got a, a a singlet or something that would look better instead of him looking like a fucking caveman." I guess maybe, but uh I think the key here was probably not put Gonzalez in a long extended match. Yeah. Uh, Cause he can't do it. <laughs> but uh, anyway, we reset and we got Demento, Damian Demento and IRS and Backlund's back in the ring. Cause they mm. both were like, who the fuck is this giant? And they were just scared and they watched it for a little while. And Taker's dead. He's laying there like on the apron and he's not moving. Yep. <laughs> this this giant man killed him. And then Paul Bear comes out and he revives him with the power of the earth. Oh, he does like this shit. Yeah. And then Undertaker kind of like gets up and then they he collects his Undertaker and they go back and he's eliminated. Um Afa comes out and he drags Fatu out, who I think is Rikishi. Mm-hmm. He drags him out by his fucking hair. And he slaps the shit out of him multiple times. And he throws him in the ring. <laughs> I don't know why this guy I got a kick out of that. Uh, Earthquake comes in, and then before this though, Typhoon came in a little bit before that. Yeah, 
And I, I was like, a complete team is in this match. So are they going to work together? No. Did you hear Bobby Heenan say that you know, the only thing Typhoon works is a buffet line? Oh, yeah. <laughs> God, that's brutal. Um, <laughs> they start fighting each other. I was like, what the? Why? They're, team, they're teammates. And then Earthquake eliminates Typhoon. I'm like, why the fuck wouldn't they work together? They're like these two giant fat guys, and they could overpower everybody. And like, fucking, if it comes down to it, they could like, oh, I'll fight you, and then we'll eliminate one. Whatever happens, happens, brother. Yeah. And that would have made way more sense than what they did. Even they could even like drag it out for a little bit, and they wouldn't get it to the end. They, you know how they do where it's like the two guys team up for a while, and then suddenly one throws the other one out, and he's like, "Sorry, brother, that's wrestling." And then they always like say, well, it's, you know, not a team game, uh, a team match. One of them are going to have to turn on each other. And then eventually, you know, one tries, tries to get over the other. I just, that baffled me that he just came in and he immediately started attacking his teammate. I, that, I thought that was like dumb as shit. But that's not the only dumb as shit thing that happens in this match. <laughs> <laughs> Carlos Colon comes out. And he does some of the shittiest stomps I've ever seen in my entire life. And that includes shitty women wrestlers. <laughs> I was embarrassing. And then it continues. Earthquake beats on Carlos Colon and he just gets up and he walks off and he's no selling it. Mm-hmm. When this earthquake is like three times his fucking size. And he does this throughout the entire match. Like he just does this really shitty strike stuff and he no sells people. And why does Bobby Heenan. And Gorilla Monsoon calls him a kid when he's like 40 or 50 years old at this point. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they were calling him a kid because of his size. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rick Martell comes out. At this point, this has been kind of boring. And I'm like, thank God somebody with some personality just came out here. <laughs> yeah, this is when I started kind of losing interest, and then I found out like later on why I started losing interest. But continue. Yeah, Tito was out here too. I'll say real quick, and the Matador. I, 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 I like <laughs> Tito. I just wish he wasn't a Matador. <laughs> and so, and Carlos keeps no selling shit, and then Yokozuna comes in finally, and then he eliminates Tatanka. And then he finally eliminates Carlos Colon. And even Carlos Colon even kind of no-sells Yokozuna a little bit. And I thought that was fucking retarded. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, the fuck? <laughs> this dude could literally eat you. By the way, I love when Tito Santana is, like, on the ropes and, like, Bob Backlund comes with, a like, a weak-ass clothesline and just, like, falls on him. Yeah. <laughs> then, um... At Earthquake and Yoko face off, and this gets a really big reaction from the crowd. Um, two big guys two real big guys two big fat guys and they face off for a while and then they fight for a little bit and then yoko throws them out at this while this is going on owen hart sneaks into the ring (laughs) (laughs) he just kind of like comes in he slides in he kind of goes past him and starts fighting somebody in the corner he's like oh and they say owen hart's in (laughs) and i noticed like while he was in gorilla kept trying to put owen over like more so than other people Mm mm-hmm so I was like, maybe he was trying to get Owen over. Um, I wrote a note. I said, Bobby Heenan says uh, that Yoko eats more sushi than ever. 
Maybe See, he, he is did. bigger. He is bigger in, uh, than in SummerSlam '92. Um, yeah. I, think, I think that's when they started doing the angles where Yoko is just fucking eating sh- like rice and shit on his promos and having uh, Fuji just do his promos, obviously, because having Yoko talk would be stupid, in my opinion. I, for that character, yeah, I, yeah. I think so. That gimmick. Repo Man comes out, and I was like, yeah, Repo Man. And then Missed oppor- everyone- I'm sorry to interrupt, but Missed Opportunity, um, he should have came out with Macho Man's hat. He should have. He never got his hat back. Yeah. That would have been funny. Um, everyone unites against Yoko, and then he fights them all off, which was like kind of impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Macho Man comes out, and the place goes ape. And I'm like, yes, and he was number 30. And everybody starts dropping at flies like like flies at this point. Owen takes a crazy dive for Yoko. It looks like he might have fucked his knee up on it. Yeah. I'm not real sure. Um, then everybody gets eliminated and we're down to final four. It's Yokozuna, Bob Backlund, and I'm like, why is Bob Backlund so far into this match? Why did he make the final four? <laughs> Rick Martel and Randy Savage. Mm-hmm. So... Martell and Backlund struggle for a while, and then Backlund takes Martell out. And I'm like, okay, I guess. I didn't expect Rick Martell to fucking win anyway. Not knowing the ending, by the way, you would think either it would be Macho Man or Yoko as mm-hmm. going over. Yeah, if you're just looking at this in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. Uh, Backlund tries to get Yoko out, but Yoko just throws him out because he's so fucking tired. Mm-hmm. He's 43 years old. Did you know that? Really? Yeah, did you know Bob Backlund is 43 years old at this point? So what, he's like about 70 or 80 when it comes to uh, fucking WWE? When, yeah. When... <laughs> it's, I'm just saying that because in the commentary they kept saying, he's making a comeback, he's 43 years old. They kept saying that about Bob Backlund. I'm like, is that really that? I mean, I mean, he came to the Final Four in a fucking Royal Rumble with Yoko Zuno, fucking uh, Randy Savage, and Rick Martel. I mean... I guess it's kind of a comeback if you think about it. I mean, like, but but no, like they just kept harping at his age, like it was a big deal. Maybe he wanted to come like, back. I'm like, it's for. I think Ric Flair is probably 43 at this point. Mm-hmm. You don't fucking say that about him. <laughs> Ric Flair's like fucking. Uh, I don't know, some kind of immortal or some shit though. I don't know. <laughs> um. After Backlund gets thrown out, it's Macho and Yoko, and the crowd get, comes up for it. They're like, yeah, here goes. Savage fights Yoko back. Crowd gets hot. He hits some axe handles and shit, and it kind of looks like he's going to down him, and Yoko goes to a knee. And then Savage, uh, he bounces off the ropes, and then Yoko super kicks him, <laughs> fucking belly to bellies him, and it looks like he killed him. <laughs> Savage sells pretty well for Yoko. Like I was, he was like almost dead before he got eliminated. You should be dead if like that fucking huge fuck suplexes you. God, <laughs> and that kick—he super kicked him. Mm-hmm. Yoko goes for two hip splashes in a corner on Savage, and then the second one he misses, and then he falls over. He falls over because he missed. I kind of like that. So it's like still nobody has ever made Yokozuna fall over. Mm-hmm. And then the crowd starts going nuts because they know Savage is on the turnbuckle. And he's like, oh, my God, he's going to hit the elbow drop. And he hits it. But then 
He tries to cover him, and then Yoko powers out, and then Savage flies out of the ring over the rope, but Yoko wins. <laughs> I was like, what? That match. Man, and then I thought about that, and I thought about what happened when he was in the 92 Rumble. You remember what happened in that? Is that when he eliminated himself? He eliminated himself. He just jumped over the top rope to try to get Jake Roberts. And I'm like, dude, Savage has like the worst track record for Royal Rumble. Because he eliminated himself, and then this one, he went for a pin mm. and got thrown out of the ring. <laughs> He's just crazy, I guess. I don't know. Um... This was kind of a weak rumble, especially compared to the 92 one. No, yeah, because that's when you had the, with a tear in my eye, Ric Flair. I fucking love that promo. <laughs> uh, dude, that, uh, you can, I was just going to say, you can really tell how depleted WWF's roster is at this point. Yeah. Compared to last year, because in that rumble, fucking everybody was in that rumble. Mm-hmm. Everybody that was like a big star was in it. You had Ric Flair, you had R- Jake Roberts, Randy Savage, Hulk Hogan, Sid Vicious, Mister Fucking Perfect. I think was in it. Yeah, and you could go on and on and on. All the names that are in that, and now it's just like a lot of the star power is gone. Now it's just like, oh man, I forgot about Yoko and Bret Hart. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. So I gave this a 5.75 out of 10 because there were things I did like in it mm-hmm. and it wasn't bad like I don't think anything bad happened in this rumble um, other than that bizarre finish <laughs> uh, like I like the giant Gonzalez thing actually and I think that, that woke people up when that happened mm-hmm. and then I, I like when Perfect came out yeah. the crowd was hot and then like when Undertaker came out and then Savage so what did you think? Um, the beginning part was good. Um, after the giant Gonzalez, I think that's when it started to die down a little bit. Uh, I kind of got excited again when Randy Savage and Rick Martel came out because uh, those were one of my two big favorites in uh, you know the '80s and '90s era. And yeah. um, I don't know. I just don't care for Yoko. I, he's a big dude. Um, I think it was a little too late to get a title shot, in my opinion. Um, but then again, that would you would have to do it in '92, and that's when Ric Flair should have won it anyway. So I guess it's the right area. I just I, knowing what's going to happen with Brett and Yoko, just like I, 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 I got sleepy. So I gave this a five <laughs> five point two out of ten. Here's my thing. I I actually think Yoko's okay. Uh, mm-hmm. I've grown on him. Um, his, for that dude that size doing the stuff he can do uh if he has the right kind of match especially that's the key he, it could be good mm-hmm. i don't really know what the match with brett was like it's been too long since i've seen it i just know what happens after it that's what pisses me off about it yeah i'm not mad that yoko beat brett i'm mad about what happens after that <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so on the whole i thought this show was a little disappointing oh really oh yeah like for what it, what my expectations were mm-hmm. a lot of undercard matches were actually solid but marty and sean fell short i think because of the bad finish okay 
Brett and Razor to me was the only really good match. Yeah. And a part, big part of the Royal Rumble is the Royal Rumble, and it was just kind of meh. <laughs> you know, and when you man, when you compare it to la- the year before, it's just rough. <laughs> so what'd you um, give it? Uh, I gave it a six point twenty five out of ten. I think mine's gonna be a little bit higher. Um, so the Steiners, I was really impressed. Didn't really care about the Beverly Brothers. Uh, I thought the Shawn Michaels match and Marty Jannetty was a good storytelling. Um, I just felt like Shawn Michaels was a little bit uh, carrying uh, Marty Jannetty. Loved Bam Bam Bigelow and the Big Boss Man, and loved Bret Hart and Razor Ramon. The Rumble, I'm always excited for, but this Rumble was so fucking boring <laughs> yeah it just like you said the star power just started to go down a little bit uh um, it was a lot like like one of the big pops was when tataka came out <laughs> and i'm not i'm not trying to talk shit about tataka or anything at all mm-hmm. but back then it was like i think he was a pretty decent like mid-card baby face that was over yeah it's just that that was one of the bigger pops in it and it's just like geez mm-hmm <laughs> but anyway, mine's gonna be a little bit higher. I gave it a six point uh, seventy five out of ten uh, because of the Bret Hart and Bam Bam Bigelow match. I think those raised it up a little for me because yeah. you know I I can ignore a little bit of the the, the Rumble match even though that's the title of the fucking pay per view um, because seeing. Um, veterans like bam bam big boss man and brett and razor uh put on a show for us like today's royal rumble you can't even get good matches like that anymore before the royal rumble everything is just like yeah. those are fillers before the actual royal rumble itself and even You're the right royal, and even the royal rumble uh today like they're so generic uh compared to even this one because you you don't have your like this one build like fucking five storylines uh in today's royal rumble like you're lucky to get like one or two <laughs> yeah um i will reiterate um my score doesn't mean that it was a bad show mm-hmm. in fact this this means it's an above average show yeah that's because of how strong the mid card was even if i had a problem with like one of the more important matches of it in my opinion that dragged it down a little bit yeah it's still those none of the matches were bad they were pretty good and then the main event match with the world title was good so like i don't know if you feel like oh i'm nostalgic i want to watch the old show you you could you could put on worse than this yeah much worse very much worse like wcw thunder worse oh fuck (laughs) all right so next we have raw on the 25th and then wcw saturday night on the 30th and then we're gonna rank uh we're gonna do our monthly ranking yes in our, our awards special special shows yep all right, guys. I think that's where we'll end here. Uh, somehow we went over. <laughs> I, I think because of the pay per view, uh, it was a little bit longer. Um, 
Yeah, the, the WCW Saturday night shows are like more than an hour long. Mm-hmm. They're like usually an hour and 20 some minutes. And this pay per view was like two hours and 37 minutes. And just about the, the same time of our podcast. So I guess that works out. Um, <laughs> so if you want to catch more of Getting Some Color, uh, we do have other podcasts as well, like Big Trouble Little Podcast. The Nemesis Project, which the long-awaited books episode should be coming out soon. Um, and um, I'm trying to think what else. Oh, an Accelerated Gamer, which Andy is working on editing the first episode for us. So keep an eye out on that. Uh, if you go on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Red Circle, all your podcasting needs... Just type in Nerd Review Network, and then you get to catch all our podcasts there. But until next time, everybody, get some fucking color. Yeah.